Welcome to the Penny Bloom Podcast. Ain't another place that has got more bombast. Rump past your mom, dad's listening to Tomcast. Talking everything that make you sad. We don't want that. We're here to make you smile. Put your mind at ease. Peace, love, and bloom, and always praise Keanu Reeves. This what we about. Get some weeding now. We'll talk until we can't no more, and then we peace and out. All right, let's go. Penny Bloom Podcast. It's the Penny Bloom Podcast. Penny Bloom Podcast. everybody and welcome in to the andor after party it's officially after andor and in a whole new way the, the after, after the after party after the season of andor after party and uh we're the penny bloom podcast i'm colton robertson i'm joined by joseph george thank you very much homie what's up oh what up what up always a pleasure to be here oh and it is always a pleasure to have you especially today we are discussing the finale of what is now officially my favorite piece of Star Wars media that we have ever gotten. I have, I have no doubts. I don't. Oh, yeah. oh no, this this is it's different. This one, it's I only have one gripe, and we'll get to it later because I don't want to open it up with a gripe because it's right, not even right. a gripe in the first place. But I I can't. I was trying to find something wrong, something that I did not like with this show, um, and like. When I looked back at Obi-Wan, I, I could even do that. I could find some things that I'm like, well, they could have done this a little bit better, I think. And when I look back on Mando and, and even Book of Boba, I'm like, yeah, they could have done better. But, like, I am struggling to really – Ah, man. I don't know. It's different. It's crazy. Like, the level of emotional storytelling that we got here and not only making making a story where we know the main character – the stakes for the main character are high. You know, we, we see him go to prison. We see him help others, but you know, he can't die. He's never at risk that way. You know what I'm saying? And to still make this the most on the edge of my seat, riveting shit I've ever seen in star Wars is nuts. Uh, like I, I expected it to, to do its job and make me forget that, you know, he can't die here, but man, it feels it feels bad at moments where you're like, oh no, what what's about you know, to fucking happen? Honestly, I kind of it might have suspended it a little bit this episode. Whenever he was like, I know we're kind of jumping here, but like whenever he's up in the tower, just up mm. there, and they were like, yo, we spot. Like I'm like, oh, sh-. like I actually was worried, and I didn't even think oh. like, oh yeah, wait, he's totally fine. At the well, end. yeah, like, but that's the but, other thing. The way they built that in for us though is that the Empire wants him alive. That's true. And that's so, more fright like the what what they do to Bix is m- more frightening than them just finding and killing him. You know what I'm saying? Oh. Do we where did Cassian come from? Where did he enter in from in Rogue One? Like did he say where he came from was it just you know He just he what, just like, shows up on the ring of Caffrine at the beginning. I don't think they really explain where he's coming from. Where he goes, where did he come from, Cotton Eye Joe. So, like, he could have been a prisoner in the ISB for a good couple years, I guess. <laughs> yeah, granted, he wouldn't, have, he wouldn't have achieved the rank of captain within the Rebellion. Ooh, that's fair. Well, I don't, okay, well, like, say he does some, like, crazy shit right off the bat. Like, he's like, 
Because he'll take credit for, I don't know if he'll take credit for Aldani, but like, I, I don't know if that'll eventually happen. People are like, oh, fuck, you did Aldani, holy shit. Mm. And then you were part of the Ferrix, you know, like that. that's, I feel like these are the two big sparks of the revolution. And they, they're like, these are going to be like the big talking points. And like for Cassian to be both of them, like it, it's kind of, I think like he'll become a captain because there's no one else in the ranks anyways. Like he's talking to Luthen and he's being accepted in from Luthen, you know? So like, that's, it's that's almost true. like he becomes a captain. Like almost right automatic. Away. Yeah. No, I get you. That makes, that makes sense. No, but I, uh, I have faith that this, these next few seasons we're going to see Cassian or this next season shit. Um, we'll, we'll see Cassian just keep getting up to rebellious shit, man. Sowing, sowing the seeds and such. And man, what a way to get that rolling this episode. What's crazy is I was like, you know what? It'll be interesting having both seasons before watching Rogue One again. Like, I wonder how much that'll recontextualize it. But this season alone is a fucking fantastic prequel to Rogue One. It's just the entire season builds up to him going, take me in. Like, I'm I'm a rebel now. You know what this show has done for me the most is open my eye to, like, the non-Jedi side of the fight. Like, the non-big-name people who are doing the fight. The non-Luke, mm. the non-Han, the, you know, like, I've oh, it's always been, yes, you know, the Rebellion versus the Empire. It's, oh, it's always been that. But, like, in my mind, that's really what it boils down to is, like, Palpatine and Vader versus Luke and, and you know, all the just all the, the big names. It's never, right. like, a Cassian. It's never a Bix. It's never a Marva, you know, that I think of right away. But now I'm, like, this is the side of Star Wars that I'd rather get into is, like, the more niche, like, just real. Real shit, man. Yeah. Well, and I love that they, they're driving that – they're driving home that dichotomy on purpose at multiple mm. points in this, uh, in, in this episode when Nemec – gives his manifesto monologue over the uh over the middle portion of this episode his conclusion is a fundamental opposite to what we've known about star wars in the past yeah. yeah do or do or do not there is no try that applies to that side of the star wars universe whenever you're dealing with human people who don't have superpowers it's not about do or do not. Yeah. It is about try. Whenever you know? you're a god with a, a a light sword that can cut through anything, and you can move things with your mind, and if you want, choke people out with your mind. You know, like that's that's pretty op shit. But whenever mm-hmm. you take one blaster to the side and you're done, you know, like that. That's we had a lot of deaths where they just focused. On the death, oh, there, I forgot the hurt. one guy. The, no, I got the, you. I got radio. you. Oh, yeah. dude! I want to. I want to warn folks. Obviously, spoilers. Mm. Uh, we're gonna spoil the shit out of this. Uh, I don't know why you'd be here if you hadn't watched it. Frankly, um, feels like a this deep in the show. It's a priority. There was no way y'all weren't waking up and watching this, or staying up till two a.m. and watching this. You know what I'm saying? Like that's an ASAP kind of show. You you watch it as soon as you get that opportunity. And uh, so we're going to spoil the shit out of this one this week. Are you ready for something of a scene-by-scene breakdown? Uh, yes. I do need some way to get all this chaos in some method. Some mm. 
actual method to the madness. Yes, I need I need some methodology here. Let's get it. So we open Rick's Road, episode twelve, the season finale of Andor on uh the the salvage yard on Ferrix, uh, where Wilman Pock, the son of Salman Pock, who we saw get hanged, or we didn't see him get hanged, but we know he got hanged by uh, the Empire. Now, uh, his son's building a bomb. And, uh, I, I, I was, it was such an intense way to open this episode. Like, I was like, oh, fuck yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. At fr- they were really making it look like he was building a lightsaber, though. I mean, they were doing everything in their power to make it look like little emitters at the end and like little, like a little rudimentary lightsaber. And I'm like, I'm trying to think, like, while he's making this, I'm like, okay, it's a bomb. I, I know it's a bomb, but I'm like, right. Is there a, ch- like, no way they're, they're having this kid just, whip up a lightsaber there's no chance that he's about to come out here and just start swinging a light like there's no way and i'm yeah, glad no, i'm very glad that that yeah. is not where it went no i'm i that that didn't even uh it didn't even occur to me i was uh as soon oh, as dude, i saw the part was like almost the end it was like it was mm-hmm. literally like he like it was the the first time they showed him he it just kind of showed him tinkering but then yeah. the second time it cut back it like showed like what he was working on like really mm-hmm. close up and he yeah. put in one piece and then just rotated it. And it looked like the end, like the emitter part. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what you're talking um, about. I see what you're talking about. No, yeah, it was, uh, I was just like, oh, fuck yeah, this kid's going to blow some shit up. Hell yeah. yeah. Um, But yeah, he's uh, he's working with a uh, hologram of his late father watching him work. And I was like, ah, R.I.P. my dude, Pac. Um, but yeah, he's he's planning to do something. He's he's gonna fuck around and do something to the Empire. That's the plan. But um it's a, it's interesting how he builds the this kind of built a parallel to Cassian throughout the episode, his his upbringing. I know we pointed it out a couple of weeks back about how he's gonna go kind of a similar path to Cassian. Um but you know, one of those fundamental differences is that Cassian tried to do the shit all alone. And Wilman did not do the shit alone. He had the entire community behind him. And that's, uh, man, this episode, man, it just, it made me fucking sob like four times at least. Like I, so many moments, so many moments. It was like, it was kind of like a a soft cry almost the whole time. It's like, I'm ready at any Mm. moment. I'm primed because I'm already in, I already know. I'm already there. Yeah. Like it's already, and it's just like the spirit of what I'm seeing is moving me. Like there's, I'm just going to skip to it real quick because this is like the part I just keep reliving in my head whenever the empire's on one end of Rick's road and the civilians of Ferrix are on the other and it goes from overhead on the empire and cuts, like doesn't cut. It just one camera swoop up to the, up to the rebels of Ferrix. And that, when the band starts hitting that shit, like they go a little more intense, they go a little harder. Like, oh yeah, they, they were going the nice and pace, slow and slow somber, pace. and then they were like, "Nah, you know what's about to happen, bro. Mm. You mm-hmm. know what's about to happen." And I was like, "I just get, I got, I'm, ch- I got chills right now thinking about it. That shit, like, I was, I was already tearing up, and then they went harder, and I was like, oh god, fuck yes!' Like, like there was just so much sure. to like here." It's like a mixture of like I, I'm I'm crying just all the emotions, but I'm also like fired up at the same time. I'm like exactly I'm ready. like I'm like I'm ready exactly. to join them. Um, and even like the smallest the smallest details is like now knowing about the bricks and how you like you get put into a brick and like you find a mm-hmm. building. I they were prevalent 
in this episode, like yeah. in the background. And sometimes they even like pulled focus onto a wall with like a brick wall straight up. And yeah. it was only the only thing in focus, and then it would go back to like, something amazing. Else. Um, Just such like, a well done, uh, such a well done I wonder, episode. I wonder how much they were in focus before now in the earlier episodes on Ferrix. If like, dude, I cannot wait to watch this show all the way through again. Uh, a mega movie of Andor is, and then just to top it off with a little Rogue One, um, and then when we get the full gap, you know the oh. the, the full in between oh. of Rogue One. Oh man! Oh, oh dear God! <laughs> yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna hit the fucking spot. But uh, we also see Deidre returning to Ferrix here in anticipation of Cassian's getting there, and uh, she's pretty. She's fairly certain this is it. She's gonna she's gonna fuck shit up. This is how she moves up. And uh, shortly after her arrival, her and her little spy dick, Corv, uh, go undercover to uh, get a feel for what's happening in the streets, the streets of Ferrix. And uh, they're seemingly entirely unaware of the fact that Cinta is trailing them. And Cinta, low-key MVP of this episode. Um, every time Cinta was on screen, I was fucking excited. Mm. Um, I don't think I've appreciated Cinta enough on this, on the podcast, you know? she's uh, She's, she's always, in it. She oh, is she is, in it she is a fucking real one, dude. I was, I'm a skip again. I was so goddamn happy when she just stabbed that dude. No, no. What questions. are you doing here? You're no not questions. Just walked him, walked him up, stabbed him, sliced up, and was like, "Sorry, dude, deuces." Like, that's not my blood. That's oh, fucking. I was like, this chick is hard as fuck. Mm-hmm. I, I loved that shit. But, uh, yeah, she's trailing him. And, uh, you know, the rebellion is obviously not the only interested party having eyes and ears everywhere looking for news or rumors about Cassian. But, uh, elsewhere, we got Zan, who's talking to Brasso. He's like, hey, Brasso thought I might see you here. And Brasso's like, yeah, what's up, buddy? And he's like, I talked to Cassian. He's like, what the, what the fuck? How he called to call the fucking phone? I answered. It was him. Where? <laughs> where? I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know. I didn't see. I didn't see him. I just. I just talked to him for a little bit. He knows. He knows now. Yeah. Like I uh, said, the conversation was brief, man. I, yeah. I. I had to tell him how to break the news. That's like got to be the shittiest thing, too. Oh, dude. Like, yeah. That. Damn. What's crazy though is that if I'm Zan and I pick up that phone at the end of the last episode, I know it works for like television for him to be like, "Hey, I got to tell you something, bud." I straight up probably would have been like, I'll let her know. Boop. And then like. <laughs> Dang, you think? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like, I, I don't know. Like, that's. That's, that's tough. the thing, though. What, what this, what this show, what this specific episode told me is that this entire community is so much more incredibly tight knit than I knew previously. Like, I knew they held it down for each other. Episodes one through three, obviously, like the whole ringing the bells and shit and everybody's, mm-hmm. everybody's coming together as a community. Everyone knows each other's name. It's like a small yeah. town. Everyone oh, yeah. knows each other and actually loves each other. Like when Pegla's like, I loved your mom. I'm so sorry. Like, I was like, oh, I thought Pegla was just a random homie. No, they're like, they're all like family. So if I'm in Zan's shoes and I have that relationship to Cassian, yeah, you go ahead and break that news. You know, like that's uh, true. You're, you're the one who has to tell him then. But uh, mm. yeah, it's a shame that Zan, uh, is so easily, uh, his guard is let down so easily by Nurchie. Mm. Yeah, that is, man, and that was a sad development. 
I know. I was like, she, come on, man. I like, liked you, dog. It was, you think he was this way from the start too? Like, and that's why he was acting all, that's why he was acting all suspicious beforehand. Do you think? Or like, no, no, he was just wanting his money. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, He's about his money. He knew that he could probably get a reward for something like this. So he went ahead and did it. Like, that's the thing. The biggest award. Yeah. Casting. Yeah, no, but uh, that's the thing, though. Snitches die. Sorry. Yep, you found yourself in a place likely for explosion. Well, well not likely for thing explosion. Is that, like, I, guess, I don't think like, the Empire, like, I don't know. I don't trust the Empire. Like, if I give them information, mm-hmm. I don't trust that I'm going to get anything out of that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't know. I just felt like it was a questionable move on Nurchie's part to be like, and the way he manipulates Zan, he's like, hey, if you know something I don't, Keep God. that shit to yourself. Yeah. And he walks away. He's got like the sly smile. He's like, <laughs> I've won. Yeah, fuck that. I don't know. That was just really sad. It's like, I guess it's a spy show. So it's kind of like, ooh, another, you know, another party entered the chat. You know, it's it's kind of, it is really, it, it was really nice to have so many different people going in so many different angles at once. You were like, okay, who's going to see who first? And like, you know, right. who's going to interact with who? It's like, you have so many different interactions. You're like, well, Narc is the only one who has seen Luthen's face and can confirm who he is. So, like, holy ah, shit, that's... He didn't see him. He can confirm his voice if he speaks. He didn't, he didn't see him? That's what he says to Deidre. He's like, I couldn't tell you what he looks like. I know what he was wearing, but I do know that if I heard his voice, I'd be able to tell you who it is. Was it really voice? I thought it was if I could pick him out, like, pick him out of a crowd. Like, I could... Because Cassian and, and Luthen were right there, like, well, I guess Cassian put the gun right up to it, like, behind and his head. Cyril never, like, turned around. So, like, I mean, that's my thing, is that, like, I'm fairly certain I remember him saying voice. Like, I'm 99.9% sure that's what he said. And that's why what's it crazy is Luthen voice, too. But Luthen yeah. has many voices, so that's, I don't know, but... Another thing that's crazy about this episode is the person who's, like, safest is Luthen. Like, I was never worried about him, which was kind of no. nuts. Yeah, because no one knows. I guess, yeah. yeah no, I guess, one, no one knows. He's just In my mind, it was there. only surreal, and I guess he didn't even know in the first place. But, like, he was just a guy that no one would – That's that's the cool thing. That is the main thing that the Empire is there for is Luthen, not even Cassian. They're, mm-hmm. they're there for Cassian to get Luthen. Yeah. And, and like, or I guess the the greater thing at large, you know, but through Luthen, they get that. Um, yeah. And, like, he's just right there. Doesn't the, care. The whole time. He knows he's that good. Like, he's good. Nope. Uh, 100%. But uh, on Coruscant after this, Mon Mothma waits outside a social gathering for Perrin to finish, uh, I don't know, getting off with the other guests. But, uh He's the way she like the shot of her just sitting in her car and then like you can tell she's getting like slightly more and more overwhelmed and then she just and she's like, oh, thank God, you know, like I. I loved it. I I loved this scene, too, and it was so it was just so subtle. It's so effective. Is so like what's this the banker's name? Swiss bank. Davos Goldoon. Yeah, Davo or Davo? Davo? Uh, yeah. The way Davo, the way Davo. Lando calls Han Han, you know? Same, uh, same shit. Bank, let's see. We have Narc. We have, like, what? I feel like he deserves a, just an, like, I don't know, a something name where, they, where it's not Scum, good. Scumbag. Scumdick. Scumbanker. Scumbag. Anyway, scumbag. 
um, I assume that now this money relationship between him and Mon is a thing. That's where he's getting all of his money to gamble. Um, and I think oh. that's where this is going to become. Oh, no. Mon knew her driver is listening and spying. She's pinning the $400,000 missing on Perrin. This is this is Mon going extra level spy shit. I thought it was the other way around, dude. No, this is the coolest thing Mon Mothma's done all season. How does she know? Well, because she she mentioned her earlier in the season that she's she's surrounded by ISB. She thinks her drivers even. She thinks she her did drivers say even. That. Yeah. <gasps> no. Wait, but then the driver. Yeah, the driver went. To, went to the ISB and said, "Parents fucking up." Yeah, like, like this was the coolest shit Mon has done all season. Which, like, as soon as she she just and that's why whenever he was like, "Who's telling you this stuff?" He, it, he's like, straight up, "I'm not gambling. That's not something I'm doing." And Mon's like, "Whatever, sure, you know, like, like she she's gaslighting the fuck out of my man's, and it's the best shit she's ever done." Oh my god. No way. Is she gonna... Is she gonna try to break off? Like, ties with Davo then, maybe? Or a scumbag? And be like, hey, yeah, I don't I need mean, you anymore. She doesn't need and it. And, bye, Perrin, you're going to fucking... J- I'm, you know... I don't know, this is maybe Chandrillin enough to divorce. I don't know. I don't know yeah, if that's right. Like, I don't know their whole... If that's thing. even... You know, maybe if you divorce, you literally die in their, you know, culture. Um, as seen by them, so who knows? But like, God, I just so want any any way that they get split yeah. up. Any way that they can split up. Oh, and that's yeah. that's the thing is this works in just more than one way for her. Is that like I think this Ooh. would lead to her being able to divorce him. Dude, and like, I really yeah. thought that it was going to be like he was going to drain her money even more, and Daba was going to just be the one fun and just slipping him all the money. Uh, because it's like he's like, yeah, oh, that's yeah your wife, like, you're like yeah. you're married, so like that's your money too. Like under change, whatever. Yeah, Chandrillin you know, like, law. So like, I that's what I was. No, thinking. she's Not she's pinning two. everything. She's pinning everything on Perrin right now. Whoa. Yeah, that's Whoa. that was that was like the coolest shit she's done all season, and like that's how effective it was. Like it's so subtle that whole scene. It's so well done. But uh, yeah, I was wow. like, okay, Mon Mothma just like climbed up the options for like favorite character of the episode with that one. I was like, that was nuts. She won't win, but because too much shit happens in Ferrix for it to be anything that happened on Coruscant. But, uh, yeah. uh Oh my fucking God. Love Genevieve O'Reilly killed it again. Just amazing. But, uh, damn, that's insane. That like complete, I, I was completely in the other camp, like not even close that would have that would have completely worked. blindsided me, dude. I would have been blindsided. Oh, I was so fucking happy when you went another way. I was like, oh, I'm about to blow his fucking mind right now. <laughs> I was you like, did. yes, you did. Oh, dude. No, yeah, that was oh, that was the pimpish God. shit Mon Mothma's done ever. Uh, but uh, thereafter, <sighs> thereafter, Cassian makes his return to Ferrix. I like that we never uh. Every time Cassian's come back to Ferrix, they don't show like how he gets there. He's just he's just all of a sudden he's like, "Fuck yeah, I got to Ferrix." Um, every yeah, time it's happened every time. Let's see. This time he had his whole crate. He's probably got bank in there still. Uh, oh yeah, 
So, I mean, he's he's got the means to get there, but it, it would be interesting um, just him getting on planet. You would think they would have every access point or any ship that is coming down to that planet. Like That's the thing. We've seen that, that problem with so many other Star Wars things where they're like, uh, we need your fucking code, to, your chain code. Beam it through. Beam it up, Scotty. You know, like they... they yeah. And maybe, I, maybe, I don't know. Maybe it's like Cassian just knows this place that well. He knows how to get in there without anybody seeing. Honestly, it doesn't matter at the end of the day. No, he not would have gotten there. And uh, maybe they realize that. They're like, yeah, it's Star Wars to be like, give me your chain code and bypass it and jam some comms, whatever you need to do. But like, honestly, at the end of the day, it's way more important for him just to be there and talk to the people immediately and get going. Like, that's what you want. So, I mean, honestly, it's probably just a smarter storytelling decision. Oh, 100%. It was, I, I, I fucking loved it. I, I don't mind it at all. I just always think it's funny whenever other Star Wars things Fuck face it. massive <laughs> problems. And then like, like other yeah. Star Wars things are like, oh yeah, we didn't, we didn't have to deal with that at all. And I don't, I don't ever mind it. I just always think it's funny when it happens. But, uh, <laughs> nevertheless, whenever he gets here, he goes straight to the ship that he's, held up in before and uh he goes ahead and cracks open nemec's manifesto but beforehand he uh reflects a little bit on his on his pop uh, on his way there when he finds his brick Mm. and the way that every fucking line in this episode just laid groundwork for what happens later in the episode the way he's like the man who knows everything is more blessed than cursed and then Marva says he knows all he needs to know. He feels all that he needs to feel. Like he's got he heard all or he remembered all the lessons that he heard from his father. Mm. And then he listens to Nimic's manifesto, gets all those words as well. And then here's Marva. I'm so glad they confirmed that he heard it too. Because whenever whenever Bix was like, and Marva was here. And he was like, she was amazing, wasn't she? Like, like he was so proud of her for doing that. Like, oh my God, it made me so happy. It made me so happy. Like, I'm like getting fucked up talking about it, bro. This is fucking amazing. Like, Bix, I just can't get over it. Bix was the one who recorded it, right? Like, oh yeah, she would have been. Like that, it, it, I, I guess I didn't think about that. Would have would Bix have been the one to record it? It would have been Bix, or, or would Brock she have done it on her own? She might, she might like have been maybe, able to do it on her own, you know. And maybe so that Bix could have experienced it for the first time too with everyone else or something like that. Yeah, or, yeah. I don't know. Oh, um, oh, but that's oh man, that's no, nah, dude. Dang. This, this but is no, hearing like from Clem, the Nemec, then Marva, Marva like, like hearing ah. all of them, what he needs to hear. And now the rebellion, like now it's starting. And I love, I love when Nemec was going on, when, when he was going on his spiel, man, that was, that was that shit right there. The way they cut to Bix, when they cut to Bix and she's just sitting there like, and like, she's like pretty straight faced. She's not, she doesn't look like she's feeling anything. And then a fucking tear just falls down her face. I was like, oh no, man. Oh God. Like this shit just kept making me cry. Kind of, like, yeah. Oh kind of for Nimic's manifesto, um, the tyranny required the, the where it cut off right there. Yeah. I did guess that that was in the middle of Cassian already listening to it. And it was just like he was picking up the audiobook. Mm. And it, it's nice to kind of know. I don't know if this is like 
I'm assuming there's a lot more to this. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think it's sure. just this one. No, it's on it's loop. definitely not. But like, I don't know. It was kind of nice just to know that he was like, maybe this is his like favorite kind of like his hype speech. You know, this is his like his hype mm-hmm. song that he plays before he goes into battle or whatever, which is kind of cool. Yeah, right. Um, but like, I don't know. That was really nice. And I think we even said that it would be like the bells or, or like the the tower that the tower brought kept her back. going. Yeah, that, that like because it, oh, it kind of was because even when they said like stone and. And Sky yeah, like, or whatever, and Sky. Like, she yeah, was chanting she was, like, along with them. And Sky like brought her back, and she like yeah. started to come. I don't know. It that's... was so fucking cool, dude. Oh, like it was, fuck. it was just so. The way everything came together here, it could not have been done better. Like I, I can't think of a single way it could have been done better. But um, nevertheless, after this hype speech, we get this pimp shot of Cassian walking up to the whole of the open ship kind of paralleling him going out into the world versus in like the second or third episode where he's climbing onto the empires or the Republic shuttle. And it's just that one like octagon and he, or hexagon mm. and he cl- climbs through it. Uh, he's leaving okay. the ship instead of getting on and, Oh man, I really, really loved it. But, uh, yeah, man, it really goes, does pause on it there for a long time at that moment. Like yeah. him just staring out in the rain, just looking. And then it just pa- like shows him, just sitting there thinking for a second. Mm. Man, this they just have so many, like, no words were spoken there whatsoever. Nope. Nothing happened. He was just standing there, and it was a meaning. Like, you got story out of that. Like, that's insane that, like, we didn't need a lightsaber battle, you know? We didn't need any. Like, that. that's it. That's all you need. Um, it was too damn good. But uh, all the while, we also see Luthen arriving, getting to the... Uh, Getting to the planet, parking in his little parking spot, throwing up his little hood and taking off on his little speeder. Um, that hood's strong. I don't know how it stays on when he takes off on the speeder like that. Um, Star Wars. Yeah, you know, it's, it, it works. Alien tech. Alien yeah, hood. Yeah, it works. Alien hood. But uh, <laughs> I I just absolutely love this. And uh, he, uh, he, it seems like he came in with the plan. He was like, I'm going to go see Bix. Then he goes to see Bix. The dogs start barking at him. He gets a gun pulled on him. He pulls a gun on someone else, and it turns out to be Pegla. And I just, I gotta love thinking that Cassian's first thought might have been, no fucking way, is Bix fucking you too? Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> not you, I Pegla. Didn't, I didn't think about that, damn. Not my boy Pegla. No, like, I don't think that ever occurs to him, but it sure as shit would have occurred to me. Like, I'd have been like, yo, Man, wait. Every time I've come back, there's been another dude here. Well, I guess Tim. It was, it was Tim, Tim and then last time. you. Was Tim new? Whenever Cassian came back, or was it like oh, Tim, Tim? Really? Tim, well, like, when he came back, nobody was there with her. Um, mm. The last time he was, she was, she was by herself, and they had a nice discussion. But uh, yeah, Pegla, man, the way that they they hug, and he's like, "I I loved your mom. I'm so sorry." And he's like, "I know, I know." And he's like, "It's good to see you." He's like, "It's good to see you." And he's like, "Where the fuck is Bix?" Didn't they leave with like on bad terms, kind of? Pegla? Like, he's like, "Never use the, my ship again." Like he was like. Return that ship and never use it again. Like you, you always kind of like scam me out of a deal. Blah blah blah. Like don't you can never use this like yard again. Because mm. like I think he kind of left like like that, and then now it was just awesome that like he's back and it's like all that's gone. Hey like, man, I can't, I can't, I can't stay mad at you, dog. Yeah, like, it's like my dude, boy dude. Blue. Yeah. So I don't know that <laughs> I, I don't. I think it was him. Uh, that that said that. No, yeah, it was Pegla early on. I think you're right, but uh, I don't remember it being quite as. Uh, 
it wasn't blood. horrible. It wasn't yeah, like, I oh, I hate you now. It was just kind of like, dude, you always do this to me. Like you always yeah. take my, sh- you know, or well, whatever. that's the, like, that's the impression you get from Cassian in the first episodes from yeah. everybody. Like even Brasso is like, Hey dog, like you, you gonna pay me at some point, right? Like, <laughs> True. True. but, uh, they got their money though. They got oh yeah, money. for sure. But, uh, nevertheless, uh, he learns that, uh, the empire's taking Bix here. Um, and some some shit's going on and he is like all right well now i have my priority numero uno and i love that that is cassian's mission this entire episode mm, yeah. he's not he doesn't really take part in the rick's road revolution or anything i mean he does obviously he's the he's basically in some ways the cause of it but uh mm. his mission is to save bix that is that is top one for him in this uh, in this episode, and I loved it. But uh, Vel and uh, Luthen have returned to uh, Ferrix alongside him, where uh, Vel is. She, you know, he she walks. She's there at Cinta's place whenever Cinta gets back from trailing the two, and is like, uh, "Hey, you're supposed to pick me up. You left me hanging out at the airport. What the fuck was that?" Um, and she's like, "Oh, I was, I got busy, dude. I got, I had, I had people to trail. You know, this is more important. It's always more important." And then, uh, she was like, "Sent to step away from the window." And I thought we were finally gonna get. I thought we were finally gonna get the Valen sent to kiss. Like, come on, Sinta. It's it's Sinta though. That's not going for it. It's that's it. It's mm-hmm. just the character of Sinta that I think is the reason that they're not going for it. And maybe that's just the excuse they're going with right now to not have it on screen or whatever. I don't know if they're, if they don't want to, but mm. like it, I think it, like it makes sense for Senta's character. She's on mission. You know, she's like, this is, it's all happening right here. This is where we get them. This, you know, so like, obviously she's going to be on edge and, and, and in the rebellion spirit, whatever, but like, yeah. and it could have just like, if Vel just could have been like, nothing's going to happen for, for 10 seconds. You know, let's just have 10 seconds. You know, that that's yeah. what I was thinking. I'm like, yeah. come on, just do something like that. But 100%. Well, I'm just, I'm just thankful that if they didn't get to kiss on screen this season, nobody got to kiss on screen this season. Fucking thank God. Um, because there's have, a moment yeah. later on. What? Oh, that I was oh, like, if that would have like, been the oh only God, one, dude, if they oh. did that there, I would have been like, oh, fuck this that's so ridiculous like I, I almost vomited from the bit they did show us anyway it was so horny i was like you gotta be kidding me um but i have to yeah, i'm I was gonna like, remember this moment for the rest of my life what's crazy is like surreal's like really horned up in that moment and deidre's like i'm scarred like i'm like i'm having a traumatic event happen to me right now and he's like yeah baby and she's like no i you know, like she, she's freaking the fuck out. I'm like, it's just so funny to me that he's like, <laughs> he's like, yeah. he's gonna look back on this moment as like, I was the knight in shining armor. She didn't feel any more safe than than in my. You know, he's gonna look back on this and be like, now she can't not think of me. I will be yeah. the only thing she will think. I it's oh, it's gonna be perfect. And I hope it's I don't disgusting. know, like the love story between them i hope it's just an anti-love i hope it is just him going for her over and over and over and just getting denied 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 uh that's i don't I know worry i worry after this one i worry i mean I'm it's glad- going that direction yeah yeah um it's it's probably gonna come true but i don't know that's the thing does there the kind of point is that like these people are 
kind of incapable of love almost well maybe i guess on their own personal level maybe not but mm. like everywhere Real else it kind of seems that way so like i don't know do you give you know a love interest and really make it like a part of the story when you're trying to like show that that side of the fight isn't yeah i don't know i, don't know. I couldn't really tell you what they what they might end up doing with this like uh because i'll tell you what I, I i just wouldn't give a shit enough for it to be a storyline in season two like them having a love story like that would be i don't know it would almost take me out of it a little bit but uh Mostly just because I hate both of them so goddamn much. But yeah, like, what was the what was the point of them switching hats on like the whenever he was coming into Ferrix? Like was that just like like with a uh, uh, bootlicker? Like, yeah, with bootlicker. I know what you're talking in. about. I thought that like, was strange too, but I think it's because those are the hats that like uh, they wore when they were uh, like. He wore the hat with the bill. He wore the hat that looked like a little fucking Peter Pan cap. And they were like, oh, this God. isn't right. Like, it's the worst buddy cop moment you've ever seen in your life. Like, they're oh, like, they God. think this is like a triumphant, like, we're fucking Channing Tatum and Jonah Hill and 21 Jump Street type shit. They're, but no, they're just the worst. And they're not going to have any effect on anything here. Mm. Like, I love how Bootlicker just becomes a drunk in the street. He's just, yeah. oh man, it was nice just that they threw that in. They didn't have to. No, it was nice. I love that. I love that. Like while Marva was giving her speech, they like looked at each other like, oh damn. Like a lot of people here agree with this. And I, I like, we like really don't. Is there something wrong with us? Nah, we're fine. You know, like some shit like that. But uh, <laughs> never, nevertheless, as expected. Mon Mothma's driver takes the information he learned about her financial situation directly to the ISB and specifically to Blevin. And uh, he's easily convinced that Perrin is responsible for her questionable banking decisions. And he's like, yeah, fuck yeah, we're going to go ahead and do that. And then it's also here that we learn that uh, Krieger's mission on Spellhouse went exactly as we thought it would, mm. um, resulted in a whole bunch of death. And Deidre, I love the way Deidre was like, you realize that we we need prisoners to learn anything. Someone in the room has to be saying that. Like, I love that she's like, you don't even have to listen to me. You just have to realize that there has to be someone else who thinks that way because I can't be the only one. <laughs> she, it's crazy how much she has risen. Like, oh yeah, Party Guys and her are having leading, a conversation she is like leading her. it. They yeah, yeah, that's like her co. Like the co, I don't know what chair, whatever, yeah, what to call that. But like, she's leading it right there with them. Like, yeah, because like, like party, is... like party guys is almost calling her to let her know what happened. Yeah, yeah, like, hmm, that's yeah, that's true. I don't know. It's it's strange, but I also like the way he's like, this was to this was like it was the cocky empire thing. He was like, we're doing this to get the taste of Aldani out of the emperor's mouth. You want to start that's a conversation? True, get Axel. I mean, that's that's kind of true, though. Like, I don't know. Palpatine would have, like, they're scared of Palpatine. That's what the Empire's scared of. And they're like, well, if we kill him, then there's no chance of any of them getting out. Then there's no chance of Palpatine, you know, getting more pissed at it. Like, I, we don't right. want to piss that dude off. So, like, I guess it kind of makes sense on, you know, like, maybe that's a lesson that Deidre is going to have to learn. Is that, like, she can't do the things that she wants to do. You know, like, she's not the Emperor. And she'll learn right. that quickly if she tries to, like go against him i think maybe right. that's maybe that's the lesson party guys is trying to to say but like obviously deidre's 
right here. I don't want her to be, but like No, yeah, um, but like from a from a strategic perspective, she yeah. is correct. Mm-hmm. Um there's just no question about it, but uh it's Especially here that, that that doctor whatever dude, the <sighs> worst care one of Gorst. the worst characters in in Star Wars history. Yeah. Dude oh, that dude's disgusting. But uh it's here that Deidre is listening to the plans that the daughter of the daughters of Ferex have requested for Marva and her funeral. Uh you know, they're going to get one block. It'll be no more than 30 people. They pushed back on that, so we gave them 40. It ends up being the entire town, the entire road, everything. I was like, fuck yes. They never planned on following that at all. Um, absolutely outstanding. We'll push back for 10 more. Oh, thank you for the 10 more. We'll, and we'll again, <laughs> just any act of insurrection pushes our lines forward, like, like Nemec says. And they just keep, like... That's what this entire episode is, is just basically taking what Nemec said and then letting it play out on screen later on. And it's just fucking amazing. God, it's so good. But uh, I think it was kind of maybe during Nemec's um, monologue that really was the time in the episode where I'm like, okay, now I see just the rebellion side, the non-hero, mm-hmm. the like the super small act that, you know, like the one person that dies just to get someone out safe you know whatever like that one person sacrifices just as big as as luke's or or anyone else's who mm. who you know had had any sort of sacrifice play um and i don't know it's just a a beautiful way to look at it like i don't know it's crazy that like you can even reframe how i look at star wars that like i'm it's star wars is changing it's like it's ever changing um, ah, it's so fucking good this is just all time here all time but uh you know uh she quickly reminds all of her officers on Ferrix, you know, they're like, we're going to have snipers up there. And she's like, no snipers. I want him alive. You, you little piece of shit who's clearly on some sort of bloodlust. I want him alive. Quit trying to kill everybody. OK, I'm tired of everyone around me being like, we should just kill our problems. We need to figure out what's at the heart of them. Um, and uh, while the Empire is keeping their eyes out for any sign of Cassian. Pegla has sex, uh, sexfully, successfully uh, hidden our mans somewhere safe so we can devise a plan to get Bix out of that hotel. Uh, and I, I loved this, just uh, Pegla being like, <laughs> street's clear, bud. We're good. Uh, just just really good. And uh, whenever you're, you, it's time, just let me know. We can go ahead and cut it off. It's, no, it's, we're good. We're good. Okay, cool. But uh, it's here in this little uh, sewer alley type situation that we got going on that Brasso and Cassian reunite. And if Marva's speech later wasn't so goddamn strong, this would have been my favorite part of the episode. Mm. I will have to give it my favorite line of the episode because this part made me fucking sob from the beginning. He shows up and they do that. They do a hug. And then there's this just just really subtle decision that Diego Luna made to clasp his hands on Brasso's back and pull him in tighter. That made me just, I, I lost it. Like I was like, Oh, that was a God. real hug. Yeah. That was, that yeah, was like, like a real hug. Yeah. And they, they stayed there. Like these, these, Oh my God, dude, I, I lost it here. I, I was so upset. And, uh, I mean, so happy, so upset, so many things. And, uh, you yeah, know, that's he, a good line. And yeah, the way I, he, I, he immediately is like, I told her to come with me. 
I should, I shouldn't have left. Like I, like it's the way that like he hasn't been able to express these feelings to anybody. And, and Maso comes in, he's like, and, and the way he was like, I know Marva told me all of this. She told me you'd say this and you know what else she told me, you know, like, uh, oh, this whole fucking thing. It was already coming down. It was already burning down. You're just the first spark of the fire. Um, the whole, you know, I, he has, all that he needs to know. He knows all that he needs to know. He feels all that he needs to feel. And as soon as he pulls those two together, he will be an unstoppable force for good. And then this was the part that set me over the fucking edge. And I, oh, I can't remember the exact words. It was like, and if, um, and I love him more than anything he could, he could ever do, do wrong. wrong. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and I love him more than anything he could ever do wrong. Like, like, I you get the double, the double. It's coming from Marva and Brasso. It's and like Brasso. at the same time. It's like like it, you're the most emotional is it's coming from Marva. It's like the the mother to the son. Like holy shit! But then it's like you also get the friend delivery. You know, like the best friend delivering it to him, which it just like adds this whole another aspect to it. It's like oh my god, dude! Like god, dude. and they have to meet like secretively. Like it can't be like in a in just an easy like him come home and like just mourn his like the loss of his mother. But like oh. oh, dude, it was so effectively done. And I will, I I'm tempted here. There's there's a couple I'm split between for my favorite character of the episode. Mm. Brasso is top of that list. Like he is top two for this episode um oh but that's the other thing marva's my other one uh a character who's dead happens to be my favorite one of my favorite characters of this of this episode i want to ask was it disrespectful what brasso did no or was it like no what it's marva all the better exactly would have wanted it's exact um, it's exactly what i wanted like as soon like as soon as people started rushing him with a brick in his hand that was made of Marva, I like I was I wasn't just hoping he'd hit one of them once. I was hoping we'd get like oddly graphic with it all of a sudden, and like it would just be like a shot of brass or just like just like wailing on somebody with it. But uh, you know, you get what you get, and the way he just bodies everyone later is so pimp oh I'm, man uh, dude's it's a hard. tank yeah dude's a tank dude awesome. uh, yeah it'll get hard i'll have to wait to see what you what you decide on and i'll play i'll play it by ear but mm. nevertheless this was uh, this was a top tier scene one of my favorite scenes in all of star wars i was uh i, I mean, was blown away i without a my scene is the the riot what i don't what do we yeah the, the rick's Ferris, road riot rick's road riot oh that okay is that the title of the episode? It's called Rick's Road. Rick's Road. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. That'll be my scene. If you want, um, yeah. I, well, I put I put Marva inciting a riot. I'm more I'm more talking about hmm. character. Like if you end up, uh, ooh, yeah. I decided my characters for the overall, but I have so not I. decided mine for this. Yeah. yeah that, I mean, this overall, is be actually, easy. really like, hard. There's just no doubt about it. Um, uh, there, but, there's yeah. There's no. It's Cassian, and it's easy. But there's uh, no way. This episode is tough character development like cassian sees a lot over the course of this one dude he act like he does and like i think that's the thing is that like it's either gonna go to marva for how cool as fuck she got even in death and like afterwards it's either gonna go mm -hmm. to marva or cassian i think it's like it's really it's marva cassian or brasso 
I think are really the only three. The other sleeper pick that I think like is never going to get the credit she deserves is Deidre. Like Mm -hmm. for the role she's playing, we hate her, but like, holy fuck. She's fucking fantastic at it. The her arc has been really cool. Um, like just the being like coming in as a woman in a room full of men and having no one listen to her and then being the guy that everyone is going to now is like, Oh, we listen to her now. And then we, we do, you know, we do whatever is that like we go to Deidre first. Um, Mm. it's just really cool. But, um, I think if I had to choose, I'm, I'm still like overall, uh, it's Cassian. And I think this episode too, it's Cassian just for, how he comes home, how he immediately goes to save Bix. Um, it, yeah. it's, everything's just immediate, and he's leading everybody. And, like, everything he did was – I don't know. Yeah, I can't give it to anyone other than Cassian. Um, I respect it. I respect so. it. I uh, – yeah, I, I'm i trying to maintain my never repeating a character, and Marva and Brasso are both on the table. I could, I could take either one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh so I'm like, uh, and what's crazy is they work in tandem basically the whole fucking episode. Yeah, but anywho, after this, uh, <laughs> after this conversation and reuniting with Brasso, uh, we we see that Cassian's got a little bit more stacked against him as Cyril is arriving alongside his uh his fuckboy partner Bootlicker. Yuck, dude. We got Narc and Bootlicker, and Bootlicker just taking off the hat and being like, "Here, take mine," and then. Just, Narc being like, here, take mine. I, I I don't entirely get it. I think they think they're being badass, but they're being yeah. corny. It's yeah. really annoying. I guess, you know, we, we kind of predicted that Bootlicker would be stuck on Morlana 1 and just not come along, but he's just along for the ride. You know? Yeah, he was like, hey, can I get the night off? Can I get can I get a couple days off? I might I might bool over to Ferrix right quick. Uh, I, I was... T- for the life of me that the the friendly traveler would show up again i can't can't believe he just showed up and talked to luke that one time and then never showed up again i thought for sure he'd be here honestly what a weird character to is it a long time play no way it's like a next season thing (gasps) no like i think is that uncle harlow hold the fucking phone is that uncle harlow is Uncle Harlow imagine, the friendly traveler? Imagine the two people in the world right now that are on the side of not rebellion, that know Luthen's voice, are this guy and Cyril, and they're related. <laughs> yep, Uncle Harlow and fucking Narc. Because, I mean, like, I guess, the fuck is I Uncle Harlow? Re- I guess regardless, this guy knows Luthen's voice, but he doesn't know who Luthen is. At all? No, he does not. But yeah, I'm a, I'm, I'm now officially staking my claim that friendly traveler is is Uncle Harlow. That's so good, dude. And it it might not come back to be, and it might be nothing. That might just be the weirdest cameo. Not even a cameo. Might just be the weirdest. I mean, I fucking loved it. I loved it while it was here. I was like, hell yeah, show more of the friendly traveler. No reason, you know, like it was just. I think it was just giving us a taste for the distrust we might experience throughout the series. It was kind of like keep your head on a fucking swivel. The friendly. I'm putting that in the predictions. That's strong. Thank Um, you, thank you, friendly traveler. That's that's Uncle Harlow. The friendly traveler is Uncle Harlow. 
Yeah. Fuck that's... yeah. Wow. That's probably if I don't know if nothing comes of it, whatever. But like, if they do bring it back, that's pretty. That's sick. a dub. That's a massive I, dub for the Pendulum Pod. Yeah, I guess regardless. Um, I don't know. How would it be? Could it be used at all that he knows? Uh, his Luthen's voice. Like, could that be used at all? How would they even know in the first place? Yeah, I mean, is I he think... an ISB spy already? Is, you I know, is it. he already I ISB? I'm... Is that? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think. I don't think there will be anything there. I think it would just be interest. Like the only way they could tie him back in and be like, "Oh, that's dope." Would be if he's Uncle Harlow. That's like literally the only thing I can think of. Like he didn't say his name, right? I don't think he did. I don't think so. My man's Uncle yeah, no. Harlow. My man, man it's Uncle you know, Harlow. That's that's the thing is that like Cassian like says that no one's listening, but like the show is is constantly letting us know that everyone's listening at every single like second of the day. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Bix was being watched and listened every single second through that camera, even whenever yep. she's just staring at a wall, not even saying yep. a word. Um, uh, Mon knows that she's going to be listened to. Um, it suspects it, just knows, and pulls the freaking greatest switcheroo I've ever seen on somebody. It's like everyone's listening, you know. And I don't know. Did did he get to did he get Luthen to say anything whatsoever? I don't think Luthen I, think, really I don't even think Luthen, anything. I don't think Luthen like, even fucking talked in that yeah, And if he said anything, it was like either a chuckle or like How about you leave me the fuck alone, sir? No, but uh <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Harlow. It, Uncle it Harlow. Friendly traveler Uncle Harlow. But uh anywho, after that we see Cassian climb on out of his hole as Pegla gives him the go ahead and he's uh he's heading up top, but Pegla's spotted. Nurchie's keeping an eye on him. And uh shit's not looking good because Nurchie Nurchie fin a rat. But we know what happens to rats. Um yeah. if, if you've watched the Sopranos, you know what happens to rats. You like that you fucking rat? Reminds me of Ozzy, Ozzy Cobblepot. You goddamn rat. You know what Carmine Falcone would do if you heard this kind of talk? It's the worst Spanish I ever heard. It's the worst Spanish I ever heard. Fucking legendary character. But uh, immediately following this, we see Luthen and Vel reunite. And they have a nice brief back and forth about, uh, you know, that I like that Vel's just like, Amongst the most in the know of how Luthen is, she's like, yep, I was beginning to worry, but of course you're just fucking fine, and of course you're fucking here, apparently. Like, uh, of course that's something that would happen for you, and uh, Luthen at this point is still insistent on killing Cassian. Yeah, no, this they, made it very clear that yeah. he was, yeah, all about killing him. Yeah, and it, it wasn't until, I think, Marva's speech that he was... Yeah. Well, and then, like, Marva's speech and then the incredible difficulty with which it would have been to find Cassian and all the chaos. He was kind of like, all right, fine. I'll cut my losses. I'll get the fuck out of here. Um, <laughs> I almost blew up and died. I think I'll get out of here. Yeah, you know what? Maybe this isn't uh, Maybe this isn't the time for me. But uh, And, dude, looking, a... looking at that bell tower, it is 100% made out of Beskar. 
Um, I like without a doubt. It's like the it's in real life. It's oh Damascus, maybe I feel like is the pattern is what mm. it's called, and like that's what they use for um for Beskar. Beskar smelting, and, yeah. and it's it's like it's the same exact thing. It's that's a dude. It's a massive piece of Beskar. Imagine. No. No. Can it be? No. Are you questioning whether or not this is the best car that forges Din Djarin's armor? Is that the thought process you're going through right now? Because I'm thinking, I'm like, okay, how would it, how could it happen? Because the best car that forges his suit comes from the Empire. Yes. Um, so the Empire would actually have to take that anvil. Yes, it would. And, but would the, does that time even line up? Like because very well could I mean because I mean Din Djarin doesn't get that armor for yeah. another good fifteen years. Okay, imagine. Okay, that's my prediction. Fuck it. Your prediction is the anvil forges the armor that is on Din Djarin's back, and eventually the chainmail that lies <gasps> on Grogu's Even chest. Better. Oh my god. There's so much oh to god. love about the bell ringer, man. There's so much to love about him, but uh, it's a little unexpected for everybody when the bell rings so mm. early. Uh-huh. They're not exactly anticipating it, uh, as they're not expecting anything that happens today. They're so fucking fat and happy up there, man. Mm. They're so fucking fat and happy, they can just walk right in. And uh, I loved, loved seeing him, the bell ringer back, doing his thing. But Gong. Uh, Gong. Gong. Fucking legend. An absolute legend. But... uh I love that we got to see this, uh, the marching band side of Star Wars. They canonized marching bands as they're all prepping to yes. get get up and get rolling. Um, fucking fantastic. I, and what's even better is the realization upon hearing their instruments that the theme in this episode at the beginning was... I, I remember hearing it the first time and going like, that sounds like a live band performance and then they got here and i was like oh my god oh they were telling me the whole time what was going on oh it all was the too instruments, good all the instruments like it was all together at the end you know yes like it was all in uh, and this song so is like incredibly oh, mournful like god mournful and suspense Building oh, they, at the they same are building time, the dude. tension so fucking hard with this music right here and uh all the people you see enter the the line you got Wilman who who gets on in there you got a uh, core of the spy who's walking along which just feels just feels wrong you know it's like damn man like y'all y'all really know no bounds you know it's uh it's incredibly it's incredibly pressing but you also got Sinta up in the mix and uh I just love the way they continue to to build and build and build the tension here. Mm. Um, and then it's like right here with the prefect and who they regard as Keysack, Keysacks or something like that. That's the that's the guy who yelled very loudly for them to get Bix a couple episodes ago, and we were like, "Oh fuck yeah, this guy! He does. He has another what couple. That guy. The, yeah, he has the... another couple in this episode. Yeah. Um, but." <laughs> Double time, or like that? Is that the 
Yes, or, yes. You know, whenever he's what, he's he says the most dumb sh- like he just says a bunch of military buzzwords here in a second where he's like fucking double uh, line up double time do the shit you know like I'm like dude I don't think anybody do, man like dude you didn't get anything across you just told us to hurry up. Well, hurry up. what I love what I love about these scenes where we keep coming back to specifically Regarian here, Mister Bitch Boy, mm-hmm. um, prefect, um. Yeah, stand to double time form up. Let's move. That's what that's what yeah. the fucking dumbass wow. says. But uh, the shot immediately following that with them all stepping to the beat and coming into frame through the uh, through the view of one of the like sliding doors that like roll open. Like, oh my god, fucking beautiful. But the prefect, how he keeps going like a show of force immediately. We're wasting time. We're this is too. Like, we can't keep letting this happen. It all calls back to, again, Nemec. Imperial control is so desperate because it's so unnatural. Nothing about what he's doing here makes sense. Like, they're more, they're mourning the loss of, of a fellow citizen. And you're like, show a force immediately. Get everybody out there. We got to do something about this. Like, it's so forced. It's so unnatural. And I love that they keep hammering that home for us because what Ferrix is about to do is, again, call to what uh, Nemec said about its fragility, that it requires constant effort. It breaks. It leaks. It's brittle. It's the mask of fear. Mm. Whenever he tells them to open fire later, it's because he's fucking scared. You know, he's, it, it's because he's like, oh, fuck, we're about to lose fucking open fire. Like, I, what about our armor, sir? Rain fire. You know, he, he goes full Thanos in this hoe. But, uh, I gasped. Like, I, I couldn't, like, I didn't, I knew it was going to get hot and I knew it was going to go down. But I, like, but man, it gets, it gets know. hot. Yeah. But man, I'm, I'm kind of like, we're going to do like, I'm semi live commentarying mm-hmm. this as we do it now, just because it's, it's playing right in front of me. Mm-hmm. When they're coming down the roads, they're, and they're meeting in the middle and they're, they're playing the music. Cassian spots Luthen from up top. Like, it's just everyone seeing everyone. Luthen's about to see Cyril and stuff here in a second. It's like, God damn. They just knew how to build this tension because nobody spoke in a while. No, yeah. you know, like it's just—it was just background lines. That was the only yeah. set. It was like get, you know, just like let's go or let's move. Yeah, no mm-hmm. actual lines. No, uh, but it is—it is during this that Nurchi seeks out Corv here and is like, "All right, I got something for you. Double the reward. Give me a ride out of here when it's over. Pretend you're arresting me." And he goes ahead and pulls him away and takes him to what will eventually be the place he dies. So, uh. Sorry, Nurchi. Wish you could have made it out. Wish you could have been a better dude, but you know you fucked up. And you don't did it to yourself. You, you did do. Yourself, you did man. do that thing. You did do the thing. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's not looking good for Cassian as Nurchi does point them in the correct direction. And I was genuinely worried for my man's here. Uh, they're uh, they're ready to they're ready to storm the compound. Go for Tony Montana here, but uh. I, I like the way that we flash back to Nurchi a couple times over the course of this episode. Mm, just and like sitting each, there and like contemplating his decision. And you each think, like, time this? looking a little less sure, I think. Like I'm fairly, especially when Marv is speaking later. Yeah. And he's like, wow, I'm in here. 
yeah like i like like i think he really feels like he betrayed his people you know like he betrayed the people he's known for who knows how long like nurchi i mean fuck cassian borrowed money from him it's not like it was like a Maybe it's like that wasn't his intention. It was just he was looking for money, and that's just what surfaced. Like, you know, he didn't think about the community first. He was just thinking for himself, and then, like, yeah, that's what hit gotta him. Get, like, oh, gotta get man. that money, honey. But, uh, yeah, we then, we then cut back, and we see the stone that uh, was the brick that was made from Marva. Brasso carrying it in hand, and B2 following not far behind. And, uh, man... Seeing B two emo and Brasso at the center of this whole thing was just it 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 really really hits you you know and uh, I think the imagery here incredibly impactful with the Ferric citizen standing on one side of the street the I mean the Imperial standing with literal riot shields like mm-hmm. very very real world imagery that we're going with here. And it's uh it's incredibly effective. Them them the just close ups, man. The way that Benjamin Karen, the director here, utilized close ups was fucking nuts. Like uh every time we see Pegla up close, Zan up close, like just the people who have been there the whole time, background characters, all of a sudden they're the focus of this scene because every little act of insurrection pushes our lines forward. You know, like I just I keep thinking about how everything keeps coming back to Nemec, but uh it does. I don't know, and maybe it, maybe that's like the manifesto is kind of like their also their story writing like manifesto too. Hmm. Like they're like they they have to make sure that like they focus on even these like the deaths that do happen like even with the prison break like it like some of the deaths like they're they're quick and they're clean but like they they make sure that you know that they happened and they they actually call it, you know, serve some purpose. Mm, um, yes. Like in absolutely. every time they do it. There's, there's no small contribution to the, to the rebellion. It's all, it's all massive. And, uh, it's, it's here that Cassian also realizes that he's been made somehow. Don't know how so, someone's speaking to him and, and he's bit that of a, guy. He, he's Cassian Andor, dude. He's, he's that guy, but man, like in, in a universe where the force flows through all and guides us, you know, someone gets a feeling like they're being watched. It's like, yo, get the fuck out of there. Um, and uh, you love seeing that. And then this is the this is the shot I was thinking of earlier, where Bix uh, is listening to the music, humming along with them. She's she's kind of smiling, and a tear falls down her cheek. And it's like, oh my goodness, there. Adria Arjona is a fucking brilliant actress how 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 do you get in a state to act like that like what do you she looked she looks bad she looks beat yeah. the fuck up like how i mean i'm assuming like some makeup helps you know oh, like, of course, I'm yeah, like, like some makeup but like they, they so like they like time. dried out her they like dried out her lips they make it that made them look really chapped that she got the bag under her eye bags under her eyes and stuff like she's yeah. clearly not doing well um man i don't know that's insane to act like that like dude she's and she does so fucking good later on in this episode when her and cassian come face to face um but it is also here that's surreal spots deidre and it's like it's her and bootlicker is like i have no idea what the fuck you're talking about man a lot of stuff has happened without me okay i did not know i don't know who that woman is 
it's her he's like, like he i'm gonna like, come yeah like oh dude this he's so oh it's so disgusting and it's he's going an icky, to actually turn into a legitimate romance story next season i sure like, fucking hope not i sure fucking hope not i hate though, that motherfucker like we like we said that it wasn't and then we got this scene you know like i don't know it it it's getting worse the fashion maybe that's the point is they'll give us these scenes, it'll be getting better for them, but it'll just be getting more and more cringe every time, you know? And more toxic. Like, it's a genuinely toxic relationship if it starts from the man stalking the woman. Yeah, yeah. He, okay. Maybe I actually would prefer it to go that way now. Um, I, I'm kind of flipping the... I'm kind of Show us just how bad their relationship could be. Yeah. I dig that. I dig that. Okay, I can fuck with that. Show how, like, a show a relationship between, like, I don't know. I see, um, like, Bix, find, you know, Cassian finding Bix again. And I, I see them, like, I don't know, maybe forming a, a connection again, maybe, and having something. I don't know. I see maybe a, a relationship on the side of the Rebellion, at least. Something. Um, I, the, the, I, the coin flip of that. Whether it's casting or not, I don't know, but... Um. I'm sad. I have a sad prediction Uh-oh. for that side of things. Uh-oh. I, I, don't think, I don't think Cassian ever sees them again. Why do you say that? I just don't think it's meant to be. I think he'll be, I think he'll be up in the Rebellion. Like, if they ever do, like, it'll be 100% by chance. It won't be because he went looking for them. It'll It'll just be like... Oh, we happened. We happened upon each other here. Um, if it happens again, um, does he even know where? Do they even know where they're going? Uh, Ganji Moon. He said, "Do you think they can make it to the Ganji Moon?" Um, and is that like a a checkpoint to go anywhere, or is that like where they stay? Yeah, that's the thing. I I don't know. Maybe they hold up there until they see Cassian, but they can only wait so long. So then they have to go somewhere else without telling them. And it's just could be a whole Han Solo Kira situation where he tried to go find her and then couldn't, and she, you know, like some shit like that. I wrapped up in an evil corporate whatever. You know, mm. like you go off and you know, Bix actually comes back a freaking Sith crime boss, an inquisitor or some shit. You know, like I don't know, like in some insane shit, some nuts. No, nah, I mean, like here's the thing though: you don't you don't have these characters make it out of the season without them being involved in season two somehow. Mm. You know, like uh, yeah, sure. The other startling thing is that uh, the term "climb" has been a death sentence. Um, and he tells them, yeah, he tells them, not looking good, dude, in the back of that plane. I don't know. He wasn't giving me the, like, I don't think he likes flying and I just, Mm. I think that's what it is. But like, I just don't like that. I don't like his, I don't like that. They gave him a fear of flying. Like, you know, right? like, I think it's, it's for good reason. Um, the ship was not meant to go. And, and there was a thing that wasn't a hundred percent. They had to tap the gauge. You know, there was a lot of things that were a little, a little iffy and like needed to work. Um, mm. and I don't well, know. that's, that's the other thing though, is that the other way it could go. I know we're skipping way ahead in the episode, but it's worth yeah. talking about now since we're here. Um, it could be them flipping that term on its head. 
you know, like uh, it's only we've only ever heard it used in a context where it meant instant death for a character. Now it's Cassian who gets to say it. And it's what actually saves the lives of his friends. Like. Uh, I think I think that could be cool because it's typically been a death sentence for the character who says it, not the character who hears it. Um, Definitely. Yeah, I guess Kino. Kind of still. Yeah, we don't know. We don't know. Okay, we don't know that he's. They don't, don't know. know. He's still alive. Okay. He's still out there. He's still kicking. He grew wings and flew instead of swimming. Exactly. So he's okay. Homie's, homie's the first mutant in Star Wars. He's okay. Um, yeah. He's out he's, doing. He's things. Archangel. But uh, <laughs> yeah, um, I. I I do want to point to my favorite, what I think is like my single favorite moment of this episode. I mentioned it earlier. Starts at like 30 minutes, 10 seconds with Brasso standing there uh, with the brick in hand and the music that they've been playing, the mournful music comes to a stop and we see them all standing front lines. Mm. B2 does a little whir, a little, a little mechanical whir, like, and Mm. then the fucking music just starts picking up and they all start fucking marching. They're like, you know what? This is the beginning. This this is is where it starts. This is where it starts. They said, yeah, we know what's about to go down. This is where the uh, heart started to beat. Oh man. And like I, my, I got chills. I got chills right now watching it. The first time I'm watching this, I've got tears in my eyes. The way that like, there's just such a fucking sense of community here on Ferrix that like I envy so deeply. Like I wish I could be a part of something oh like this. God, yeah. And what's crazy is I think what this is like part of what this is saying is that you absolutely can. Like if you go to the effort of organizing, like if you if you try to organize a community, you can find a community. Uh, it was weird that I was actually thinking of like just talking to my neighbor one like now you know right i was like i never talked to my neighbor he's an old dude that's retired he's like 70 some dude rides dirt bikes all the time fuck yeah like, what a just fucking is absolutely cool as fuck has a pool mm. inside his house and he just does laps like dude what is an absolute unit of a man like i just i don't know i need to know more about him and like, I've got a, like my next door neighbors are uh an old polish couple um They've they've lived here for a very long time and still have like super thick accents. So when I was younger, like uh, if we were outside a little too late and they uh, they heard us, it was they always sounded so fucking angry. But they rarely were they. They're just Polish, you know what I'm saying? Like they were <laughs> they were keep it down, you know? They they were they were yeah. yelling with some sort yeah. of thick accent that made me like, oh god, they must oh, be shit, really okay. fucking angry. Yeah, fuck, but every time I see them. Every time I see him, a little wave, a little hi, bye, you know. How you doing this morning? Oh, I'm dandy. Oh, and in case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night, you know, type shit. But, uh. <laughs> Anywho, talk to your neighbors. Good, good, good to find a community there. But, yeah, uh, as, as this tension builds here, we see Corv climbing up the, climbing up the ladder to see if he can find Cassian. We see the prefect start talking shit about how they're wasting time. They're marching at each other. The tension continues to build. And eventually, uh, Brasso comes to a stop after we come to the conclusion with Korv 
that Cassian was not where we previously thought him to be. Uh, and we see him uh, running through, running through the backwaters, and eventually up and out of there. But in the meantime, it's time for a little, uh, I don't know, post death speech mm. from uh, from Marva. And I really wanted to take this sort of uh, line by line because there's not a part of this that isn't yeah. amazing. Yeah. Like it's some of the most brilliantly written shit I've ever heard in my fucking life. Um, but, but before we get there, we we hear the chanting, stone and sky, stone and sky. Uh, we see Cassian making his way through the kitchen of the hotel. And, uh, man, the chanting continues. Down there. Looked familiar. Did he look familiar? I don't know why. I don't know if I've recognized him within this show or in something else. I I don't know which one it is. I would almost I would I would have to think it's from something else. Here, let me uh It's around 3140 wait. No. 31... No, 32 Stone and yeah, 3218 you get a pretty good look at him. Tenic, that's the chef's name here. I like that. I like that he's like, he pulls the gun on him and he's like, Tenic, he's like Cassian. And he's like, where's Bix? And he's like, oh, she's up there. And then he, he takes off and he's like, sorry about your mom, man. Like, mm, yeah. Brasso yeah, talks about how he still has friends in the hotel. I like to think that like Tenic is, is one of them. Like, uh, the, anyone who's not an Imperial working in this hotel is a homie, you know? Mm. I don't know. It was. It was nice that like everyone that immediately interacted with Cassian was just like, um, dude, sorry about immediate, your mom. sorry, yeah, immediate, like I loved your mom, dude, Duh. like and, and like that, that's such a like, it's Love. so it'd be so weird to say that to someone, you know, like in mm. in our like that'd be so weird to say that, but like in in there it just felt so right, like it just it felt so like, real, you know, like it, it when you create such a sense of community, like there are there are certain friends who I have who I've known for a very long time, who, it, God forbid, if that were to happen, absolutely I'd throw that out there. And it's just, uh, it's that sense of community, you know? It's that sense of uh, fraternalship. But uh, what, what's what's up? You're, you're The chef excited. is yeah? the freaking, um, oh my God. He is um, in House of the Dragon. He's strong. He's the hand or the oh my fucking that God. turns into strong the hand of the king. Yes, he is. What's um what's his character name? What's strong? Oh my god. Oh Lord Lord Strong. Oh Laris uh, Lionel. 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 Lionel Lionel Strong, another Game of Lionel Thrones yeah, Star Lord. Wars crossover, baby. There you go. Yet yeah. another God, I'm so I glad knew, you found I that. Knew I'm so I, glad. Now I can rest. Now I can rest, but uh, it is it is now here that B portrays the absolute epic image of Marva in a massive blue hologram, and uh, she begins speaking to the crowd, saying, "My name is Marva Karasi Andor. I'm honored to stand before you." And the way we we cut to all the people watching. You know, you see Zan looking up, every everyone looking up, not not an eye in the house, not seared to the image of Marva here, saying, you know, she's honored to be a daughter of Ferex, 
and uh, honored to be worthy of the stone. And interesting, interesting little tidbit there. Honored to be worthy of the stone. Is it like only the, or is it like if you live in Ferrix, you're worthy of the stone? I think it's like, because you don't have any say if you go in the stone or not. It's the people that put you in there. So it's like, if you get the town's approval, I think it's like, if you're just, it's kind of like heaven and hell. It's like, you either get the brick is like heaven, you know, is like the good after is that's the good version of your afterlife. But like, if you were a piece of shit, like Tim would not have gotten the brick, you know, he would not have been worthy of the stone. I don't think oh, that's, a good, that's a good point. Yeah. that That is a good point. Like I, I didn't, I didn't even consider that. I, I think it would be, I think it'd be a little cooler. I think, like, you I have to be for, a daughter of Ferrix? Not like necessarily, be like, because, like, Clem, Clem got a stone. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, but I don't that, know, are the daughters of Ferrix only women? Because it looked like the symbol was, like, on in the uniforms. I didn't know if that was just, like... of men were wearing them, too, but I didn't know if that was just because it was, like, the funereal party. I know, I couldn't yeah. tell if it... If it but like it was their logo, the daughter of Ferrix logo. Yeah, right. No, yeah, maybe maybe it's just a maybe it's just a general term, an all encompassing term, daughters of Ferrix. Um, but anywho, she continues. It, it's it's funny. I feel as though I can see it. She looks over the crowd, and we see Cassian searching through the uh, hotel on her way to on his way to Bix and. The narration continues. I was six, I think, the first time I touched a funerary stone. Heard our music, felt our history, and like, and and then it was that line that made me go like, "Oh, this is this is tra- this this music they were playing was traditional." You know, like this is this is their funerary music. This the 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 slow, steady beat that they were playing earlier, marching through. Because again. She mentions that they they marched all the way from Fountain Square, holding holding her sister's hand and stuff. That's what they did, you know. Yeah. Like this is this is a tradition in the uh, in the community of Ferrix. And uh, she states that where you stand now, I've been more times than I can remember. And uh, it's here that we we see Cyril spot uh, Deidre once again and long for her uh, visually. Uh, and Marva continues, I always wanted to be lifted. I always wanted to be lifted. I was always eager, always waiting to be inspired. I remember every time it happened, every time the dead lifted me. Lifted me with their truth. Like, that's a fucking bar. Are you goddamn kidding me? And the way... Brasso is 100 fucking percent for sure my favorite person to watch during the scene along with Wilman Pock um the way they look at each other here in a second uh, like uh okay, oh yeah. dude they uh they fucking kill it and I'm going to officially I'm a state stake my claim for my favorite character of the episode I'm going to go Brasso I'm going to go Brasso it's fair it you know, is. I, uh, okay. I will go Marva. Um, thank because, you. Because, um, I feel because she earned it. Yeah. We um, talked about how she was, how she was owed going out in a blaze of glory. Yeah, no way she was off screen. I, I, I wasn't okay with that. I was not like 
I remember they knew um, what they were doing like, though. Yeah, I, I know. Yeah, I was like, no, I, I'm not okay with it being off screen. I wasn't cool. It didn't sit right. But this, this was perfect. I, I don't, I couldn't have, I couldn't have imagined it being any better. Mm. Mm. So. But it, again, here when she says, "I always wanted to be lifted by their truth," we cut to Nurchi again, sitting inside there contemplating his choices. I think. And he he doesn't he doesn't look happy he and like this it's the visual storytelling they utilize they they zoom in on Nurchi's face him contemplating and then they zoom out mm. showing the room he's in showing the people he's with while everyone out there is bonding over this experience is experience are being lifted by the dead by her truth he's not. He's not being lifted by her truth. He is he is all by his lonesome because he thought it'd be best for him. Okay. And rat get exploded, bitch. Sorry. Sorry, Nurch. Sorry, good old Nurchy boy, but you fucked up. Uh for some cash, man. <sighs> he's like I love it when you talk to me, that cash machine. Uh but Marva continues, and now I'm dead. And I yearn to lift you. And Bix, listening from her window, eyes fluttering, head shaking, just kind of like, you know what? You, you are lifting me right now. Not because I want to shine or even be remembered, Marva says. It's because I want you to go on. I want Ferrix to continue. And this is what this keeps drawing Bix further and further back into reality. The the longer she listens to Marva, the less her eyes flutter around, the less her head begins to shake. Uh, she's she's tuning in, you know. And uh, Marva continues, in my waning hours, that's what comforts me most. But I fear for you. We've been sleeping. And when she drops, we've been sleeping. I was like... Yo, dog, she's about to go on a fucking rampage. Marva's woke. Dude. Yo. Marva's woke as fuck. I could not, like, she said, we've been sleeping, bro. We've had each other and Ferrix, our work, our days. We had each other and they left us alone. And all the while we see Cassian making his way through the hotel, climbing and climbing and climbing. We kept the trade lanes open and they left us alone, she says. We took their money and ignored them. We kept their engines churning and the moment they pulled away, we forgot them. Because we had each other. I I mean, like, there's this, uh, there's this idea as far as community, like, as far as uh, revolutions are concerned a lot where yes the idea of the revolution is what initially draws people to the cause but once you have a cause there needs to be someone mm. who is a symbol of that cause there needs to be someone who inspires the people mm. to continue to believe in the cause yeah, And when Marva gets on her fucking soapbox here, I'm like, if I was there, 
you fucking bet your ass I'm charging shoulder first into one of those. Into I was ready fucking... to charge into my TV in oh, real life. In, man. In Earth, like uh, on Earth, dude, I'm I'm already ready. I'm uh, already ready, baby. And Marva, yeah, she is. She is a fucking real one, and I'm so glad they gave Fiona Shaw one last scene to fucking body, because she's a fantastic actress, and that was more so than anything what I had beef with about her death being off screen, was that she didn't have significant final words, she didn't have anything like that. I was like, Fiona Shaw? You got Fiona Shaw in this show, and you're not going to give her a chance to shine one last time? Boy, did they make me eat my fucking thoughts. Like they were like, oh yeah, check this out, baby. She continues. We, yeah, she her. Yes, we had Ferrix. She continues, Brasso looking on, but we were sleeping. I've been sleeping, and I've been turning away from the truth. Truth I've wanted not to face. There is a wound that won't heal at the center of the galaxy, and I like that we cut to Luthen at that part. Mm. Him, him looking around the crowd to kind of gauge what the general sentiment towards what she's about to say is. She says, there is a darkness reaching like rust into everything around us. We let it grow, and now it's here. We cut here to Bootlicker and Narc watching on like, uh, this fucking bitch. God, I love my country. <laughs> um, <laughs> but Marva continues, it's here. And it's not visiting anymore. Mm. Here to stay. It wants to stay. And the, again, again, like, I feel like I've seen, like, this, this is part of the shit that's crazy about the imagery that they're, they're imposing us with in this show. Like, just a, just a couple years back, you'll remember the, the massive and plentiful protests and, uh, after George Floyd's death. And all the photographs that came after that of the protests and everything of policemen in riot gear lined up against people marching along their way. Um, these shots right here when she says that there's this one in specific that's at like 35, 34, 35 minutes, 34 seconds, 35 minutes, 32 seconds where it's everyone stone faced lined the fuck up. People blurred out in the front, people in focus in the back. I've seen those photos. No. In real life. No. You know what I'm saying? Like that's what's that's what's so crazy about this show is the way they've been able to blend what's what's fiction with what's fact. You yeah. know? And uh Yeah. I don't know. That's it's kinda like I guess I don't know. I said I would bring it up later. Um and this is much, much later. Um, my only gripe that I have with the show overall is that there's not enough, um, wacky Star Wars. You know, it, it there's way too many humans here. Like, it is, this planet is dominated by humans. Well, that's what's interesting, too, is earlier in the season, the first three episodes, Ferrix was one of the only spots where we were seeing a lot of alien life. So it is interesting that at this funeral... Even Aldani was human. Like, only humans. Mm. And Canari. Canari? No. Yeah, you got it right. Oh, wow. It didn't sound right. Well, because Canari and Narkina. There's a couple with, like, mixed up 
like, like lettering. It's all humans. Like we got those two wacky characters, you know, mm. um, last episode or the one before. But like I don't know. It's like it's it's all humans, and like it it makes for very very compelling television. Because it's just way easier to relate to a human. But, like, that's the thing is, like, when I'm watching an animated show, like, a character like Hera Sendula looks nothing. I mean, is humanoid. But, like, I care as much about Hera Sendula and, and Zeb and, like, weird, you know? Like, mm. I don't look at them as weird-ass creatures. Yeah, right. I you know, like... When I'm watching it, I just, they're just, I don't know, part of I do think, and I think that's a fair gripe. I I do absolutely, because that's what Star Wars has always been, is this, uh, like, I mean, you look at the Mos Eisley Cantina in 1977, and that's what we are doing in general. Mm. I do think it was the goal of this, of this show to tell a very human story. Yeah. Um, that, that was for the people that was for the people watching and you know like you said it is a little easier to relate to humans but uh you know i don't think it's 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 obviously not impossible to relate to the alien life we've seen you know like i uh i think back to like the clone wars and like uh the fucking i mean uh the little wookies and like athorian jedis who were like uh like the, the younglings like I fuck with those younglings, you know what I'm saying? Like I, I care about them. I want them to be okay. And like, I, I think I think there's a lot of opportunity to to mess with the alien life and a lot of other things. And I think the Mandalorian, like with Frog Lady, with Frog Lady, you know what I'm saying? Like Frog Lady, you got a nice, compelling, emotional story with Frog Lady. I guess um, like in the background, there's a few alien, you know, types, but like that's all they are. In, in the show it's like they're just a background character that have no line and mm. like are just kind of there to be there so they can say you know that they kind of scob the empire scob them fucking my dudes on narkina but uh anywho marva continues the empire it is is a disease that thrives in darkness and here we cut to luthan who is seemingly okay. holding back a holding back a smile mm. um he's like Okay, yeah, I fuck with this. This is kind of hard. This is the shit I've been trying to say. But uh, she continues, it is never more alive than we than when we sleep, she says of the Empire. And that's when Brasso looks down and looks straight at the Imperials. It is never more alive than when we sleep. He looks down and looks straight ahead. It's also when uh, Wilman looks to Brasso, tears in his eyes, ready for what's to come. Uh, Brasso looks to him, gives him the nod, like, yeah, I, I know, man, I'm here for you. And uh, Marvin continues, it's easy for the dead to tell you to fight, and maybe it's true. Maybe fighting is useless. Perhaps it's too late. We cut to Zan there, practically seething, and now looking straight ahead. That's what I love, is the further and further she got into her speech, the more eyes went down and went straight ahead to the enemy in front of them. I was like, oh my god, she is killing this. She Mm -hmm. continues, but I'll tell you this. If I could do it again, 
I'd wake up early and be fighting these bastards. That is the breaking point mm. for Rhaegar Targaryen. And I was worried for my boy B. I thought this was it. I thought they were going to unceremoniously blow this, blow my, my boy up. And I will, I'm also going to go ahead and decree something else. This is not, uh, nothing with our, our project specifically. B2 Emo. My favorite droid in Star Wars. Hopper in R2. Look me in the eye. Chopper. Chopper. You're not getting the emotional rip. You're not getting the emotional elements that B is getting you out of Chopper. I love Chopper. Don't get me wrong. And I love R2. These are my these are my boys. You know, they're two and three. They are two and three. I've never listened to a droid. Like, I've never looked at R2D2 on screen. I've never looked at Chopper. It helps that B can vocabulate. He can speak. Um that, that's a big help. That's a huge help. You know, it's it's Chopper the, it's the does stutter. have some storylines though, where he's looking for that new part, you know, and then he and then he can't get it, and you know, it's like there are, it's like you don't cry, yeah, like it's not like okay, I'm not like devastated, but it's like I don't know, like I, I Chopper well, is part of the crew, you know, and like I don't know. Um, ah, but here's the thing. Here's the thing, and we're about to get to it right here. Rhaegar. Rhaegar comes on up here and is like, all right, that's fucking enough. He goes ahead, tosses the jacket over the top of the, what over the whiff, top of B. By the way. Oh, completely oh. beefed it. Completely uh, beefed it. And, and it, what was the point of that? Because it like, it covered half of her. Was it covering like the side that the empire would be looking from? And then like, so her face was only like showing. No, he completely like, fucked up. But like uh, it, but it covered like it covered half of it, you know, and like the because the hologram that popped up afterwards was like a little like sh different. Yeah, it's it's like, it's uh like just because he it's impaired. Up, that was it, like that. Yeah, that's it. Because everyone can still see it. It's just they can't see that part. I didn't know if there was like a purpose why like half of her was gone, and like if if there was like some imagery there that that was like like hidden imagery or something like that if there like is it's it, going over my head um yeah. i think it's like mostly why that, like, why have him fuck it up like that you know and, oh i mean like maybe it's like you can't stop the people you know if they're if they're gonna if they're gonna voice their they're gonna voice their concerns they're gonna voice their concerns and he she yells fight the empire and rhaegar kicks or goes ahead and tosses B over, and that Brasso fucking breaks. Oh. I don't know if you, if you pause it right there. As soon as he tosses B over, mm -hmm. Brasso's mouth is agape. He is screaming. You yeah. don't fuck with like you just said. Chopper's a part of the crew. That's what made Brasso fight. That kick was so strong. And then he kicked the shit out of oh, that guy. My wax God, a dude Rhaegar. with Mar wax yeah. a, a couple dudes with Marva's brick. And then when he turns and is like, yeah, like, bro, I'm uh, Brasso. It's easy. It's easy for me. That's my favorite character of the episode. There's no doubt. 
Dude, he was so, oh my god. Dude. He is, like, that's the thing. It was him front and center leading the people of Ferrix. And that's why ultimately, I mean, it's, that's why it was so hard to choose between him and Marva in this episode because they're working in tandem. Even, even if they're not physically together, they're working together at all points. When Brasso delivers that line to Cassian, it's coming from Marvo, but it's being delivered by Brasso. Here, Brasso is beating the shit out of Imperials with what? With Marva's fucking brick. You know, like that's, yeah. Yeah. that's the greatest shit right there. You know, like I, I love it. Well, I love it so much, but Marva's uh, still kicking ass even in death, you know, even in death, even Dude. in death. But, oh. uh, this is when all hell breaks loose and it becomes less, uh, <laughs> less able to break down moment by moment. Uh, Cassian, yeah. Cassian, Digs deeper into the hotel, finds a guy. I was so glad he immediately killed him. Like, just there's just been so many. The clean blast to the, you know, yeah, like. Just oh put it straight God. to his chest and blasted oh. that shit. I was like, thank God. Because, frankly, like, we're at a point now where you can't, you can't go ahead and tie this dude up. You just gotta, you just gotta do the thing. And you gotta. No, move. yeah. You gotta go. It's, it's, there's no choice. There's there's nothing but uh, the the way Rhaegar Targaryen like uh, crawls back through the line and he looks more shaken than he's ever been, and uh, this is this is it for him. Oh, and we got we get another one of those classic yelling moments from uh, that guy. Oh, my line. oh yeah. God, this guy. Nobody yeah, nobody yells better than Kisax. That dude's he, a real he, one. He is like. Egging it, or what's what's the word I'm like yoking? No, um, he's really using his lines. You know, he's getting the most out of them. Is oh, what yeah, I'm trying yeah. to say. Um, juicing. What the fuck Juice. is the word? Holy I don't know. Fuck. I don't he's know. really. I, I'm right there with you. I know exactly what you're talking about, but I can I can't make the connection either. It's one a.m. You know, it's a little it's a little too far out there for me. But uh, <laughs> he's really. Oh. Okay, sorry. Go. No, you're okay. The uh, <laughs> the bell ringer continues to slam on the anvil, and that's enough for uh, Kisax here to be like, you know what? I'm gonna send one motherfucker up there to deal with him. And I was like, well, that motherfucker's gonna die. Um, I was like, you're gonna send one guy to stop my dude at the bell tower? You're fucked. You're screwed. That's just not happening. But it's here that Cassian enters the room with Bix. And uh, she she tells him that he dreamt she dreamt that he came back that he uh that he climbed over a wall and that's not a dream. No, that's that's what happened the last time she saw him. Mm-hmm. Is that oh? The last time she saw him, he climbed over the wall to get into her place. Uh, and now it's it's so, so distant that she, she thinks it might have been a reality was a dream. Her new yeah. reality is torture. Oh man! Yeah, she's she's having a tough time, and Cassian very clearly sees it. This is maybe maybe the best acted sequence in the show here, or in in this episode at least, between Diego Luna and Adria Arjona here. As a he's oh. like, hey, we uh we gotta go, we gotta go, honey. Let's and uh, Bix Bix throws out Marvel was here, mm. and. Ah, uh, the way he goes, wasn't she great? I'm uh, like, dude, there was just like 
the last half of this episode is like the last hour of everything everywhere all at once where I'm just I'm just fucked. Like I'm I'm yeah. just crying the whole fucking time. I'm like, yeah. oh I, I can't I can't do it. Um, crying and then it and then it just goes back into utter chaos and the music is the well, bell there's ringer. So many conflicting it's the emotions. Bell ringer, dude. The bell ringer every single strike is just like a oh oh <laughs> my god, dude. And it like it syncs up with the music. Mm. And it like it's oh my god, it's so good. And the way that uh it's here that Keysack's kinda eyes uh uh Wilman Pock a little bit. Uh Pac's looking around like, is it time? Is now is now my chance? Mm. Uh but then we cut back to Cass and Bix and he's trying to get her out of there. She says, No, 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 they'll they'll get angry. You know, I can't do that and he's like, Oh fuck, they really, really they got your ass, huh? And uh, they did a number on Bix. They did indeed, and uh, the bell rings once again. Shit continues to pop off. Surreal eyes, uh, Pac, and sees that it's time for him to throw a bomb. And Narc goes ahead and is like, "Well, I better get out of this blast radius right quick." He he bolts on the fuck out of there, which was really disappointing. I was like, man, I really wish that would have I thought he ran towards Deidre. Well, I think he does, but it's, it also happens to be outside uh, of the blast radius. Mm. Like, cause the way that he falls, he's like right outside of it. Mm. Like here in a, here in a moment when he, uh... mm. and the way that all the other thermal detonators go off. Yeah. Like oh, he, he, uh... he got the most out of that bomb. Oh yeah, uh, he did. Like, he did. Uh, eh. And it shatters the glass. Blue Nurchie back. Everything's popping off. And I was like, okay, it's a war zone now. It's a war zone now. And I love the imagery of who our heroes are. You know, uh, as everyone is gathering, they're injured, they're hurt, walking away from the smoke. Vel sprints into it. Mm, and it's... Uh, that was sick. I was like, that's... Yeah. I was like, okay, I fucking like, that's what's crazy is, you know, last night after I watched this, after every new show, I go back to the top 100 Star Wars characters list that we made and I mess with it. I mess with it. Um, Vel found her way, found her way very high. Mine would be serious changing. Yeah, oh, no, like it's not even close to what it was once. Like it's it's so fucking different than Cassian. Than oh my god, whatever Cassian is on mine is so low. Oh, you were like you 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 had him in like nineties, bro. Dude. Is, I'm not. I'm gonna spoil that. He's dude's top like yeah. I'm gonna say like, he's I top had him. 10, I have him dude. top ten now, which dude, is just fucking crazy. Luthen is like probably a top. I have him top twenty. He's probably top fifteen. Yeah, he's he's, he's close. But man, the chaos that's breaking out here, everyone, uh, everyone going after each other. Keysax, Ian, Wilman, Paco, and like, that's him. Get him. Brasso seeing that and being like, all right, well, I got some shit to do. Um, Rhaegar being like, fucking open fire. That's it. I'm done. You know, like, and that was when I was like, oh man, this is, uh, this is getting hard. You know, like it, it, it was almost getting hard to watch, but I couldn't look away. Like, there was something about it that was just too fucking cool. The fact that Brasso absolutely bodies one of these dudes and then headbutts a dude with a helmet on. He's and a, knocks him the fuck out. 
unit is, is the coolest fucking shit I've ever seen. Brasso was such a badass, and sadly, this is where we will see Zan meet his end here momentarily. Ooh, they focused on his, and they let you, so they let you sit with that. Oh, they, they, man. well, and it's almost. I think the reason they do is because immediately after they cut to B turning his head. I think it's what B's seeing. Hmm. And then they. Oh, okay. That's just what he has to look at the whole time. Because he can't move. Because he can't move. Oh. No. My poor little dude, man. I fucking love well, that he kid. he gets pulled out of there. He gets pulled out. And fucking uh, Pegla. Pegla's a yeah. goddamn real one. Especially in these last, like, ten minutes. Because not only... like, and Okay, I'll hold that off. I'll hold off. But mm-hmm. uh, until we actually see the events. But, God, I love Pegla. But here it is that we see Korv making his way through the back uh, back alleys of Ferex. Sinta trailing him. And uh, he eventually takes notice. And is like, Sinta, what the fuck are you doing? How? Who are you? Why are you following me? And she's like, oh no, I'm just a... I'm just a girl. I'm backing up. I'm, I'm, I'm no threat mm-hmm. to you. And then she's like, you know what? Stabs his ass. And I, it's like uh, 2.40 a.m. now when I'm watching this for the first time mm. in my basement. I went, fuck yeah. Like I, I yelled in the, in my basement for everyone to hear. I was like, thank fucking God, because things aren't looking good a second ago. You know, like they started opening fire. Um, Zan goes down. It's looking real bad for everyone. And then mm-hmm. Sinta does that, and I'm like, fucking finally, something good for the first time. And like, it's been like 30 seconds, but all of it happens so fucking fast, and so much happens that it all is just so heavy. And uh, the way she just like closes the door on him, absolutely pimp. Sinta, another one who found her way very high up. But uh, Pegla here, Dragon B through the. And that's the thing, man. I love when the humans treat droids like people. Yeah. B was worth saving. You know, that wasn't somebody we were going to leave behind. And I fucking love that. And it's, it's fucking Pegla. It's not like it was Brasso who went back and saved him. It's, mm-hmm. it's Pegla yeah. who's like, you know what? Yep. Let me grab him and pull him on out of here. He, he needs to make it out. And I absolutely love it. And it's slowing him down. It's obviously slowing him down. People are running past him. Like, ah, God, I love that shit. That's and a then, real uh, one. A real one. Pegla, man. God dang. I love I love when the side characters are just fucking real. But uh Okay. Uh, Cass- what was Luthen's Luthen's hair was always blonde, right? I don't know why this looks so strange to me. Maybe it's just popping because of his black um well he's also like dusty as fuck so there, there's probably something going on there okay yeah maybe i don't know it's i don't know why it, up. it looks just way yeah like way brighter than than usual yeah i don't know i don't know i don't know he's also like tan yeah. in this episode like he's like weirdly tan <laughs> i don't know what i don't know what that is maybe it's but, all uh, the where was he before so know, maybe it's like the, the shot that yeah and it's so it's confirmed that when he was on his ship and fucking shit up that that was right. Well, because we a couple episodes ago, whenever he went to go see Saw for the first time, he went find me coordinates to see Grimilo, and then uh, those Imperials were like, 
We are the Imperials of the Seagra Milo sector. You know, like, so like he's, he's still there. Yeah. I was like, I, I was, it was wow. good to, I went back and looked for that because I remember commenting on it while we were on the podcast. Like I was like, Oh, where the fuck is that? And then, uh, and then like we, I was like, Oh wow. That ended up being very useful for information. But, uh, mm. yeah, Seagra Milo. I will say this next thing that Cassian does is some of the coolest shit I've ever seen in my life. He does like a, the equivalent of like a diving catch in baseball, but he shoots a guy. Yeah. Like dude, Cassian is just actually, he, uh, he's I, like a natural, he's naturally gifted in the art of uh, everything. Killing. Like almost everything. He's smooth with the, the ladies. Yep. He he's just can a- kill anyone he can escape anything he can steal anything a g i mean i don't know i have yet to see a thing that he can't do but a bitch can't get a dollar out of me yeah cassian's a pimp a motherfucking pimp but uh it's here that deidre gets knocked conked on the head with a rock and makes the funniest face on her way down super fucking funny yeah i can't tell like Here's the thing, you know, from a storytelling perspective, I don't want Deidre to die necessarily. You know, like her story arc has a lot of fruit to bear and it's already come so far. That's like from a television viewer perspective, it would be very cool to see her character expanded upon from a person who hates fascists. I would have loved if they tore her limb from limb here. If when they all gang up on her, if they, I, I would have loved if they went like full. I can't remember what show it is, but like, uh, it's a something show outrageous. Did that? Oh show yeah, like four limb from limb. I think it's like, I think it's Rick and Morty. Uh oh, okay, okay. That's, yeah, it's I Rick was going to say like, yeah. is that possible? You, like, you remember that human raw that show, power? That episode where it was like he was like, we're getting the crew together, and uh, everyone's like, you son of a bitch, I'm in. I'm in. You know. Yeah. Uh, he tells everyone to fucking attack the guy. They all bum rush him. And then someone rises up and they've got like his fucking arm in his hand in his hand. And he's like, yeah, you know, like I was kind of hoping they'd do that to Deidre. Okay. I didn't, I didn't ever think about this. Is Like, is it possible? Like just like raw human power to actually rip someone's limbs off. Like if you have four people tugging yeah. absolutely as hard as they can at each way and go in the opposite direction, you know, almost certainly I got to think so. I guess with that much passion after that speech. Yeah, like the adre- like adrenaline, the amount of people. It, and, you know, there's obviously like there's got to be a counteractive force. Like there's got to be equal opposite pressure on both sides. It can't just be like four people are like dragging someone by one arm because then there's nothing that's pulling. Oh, yeah, no, 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 no. They're all pulling each limb. Yeah. The, no, yeah, the, for yeah. sure. I think I think that could happen. Dang. That's why I was like, that's why I was so fucking disappointed when Deidre's fucking gun gets picked up. And I'm like, well, fucking narc. God damn it. And why, why put a gun to her back and say, like, why is that the way he goes about it? Because, because he's blending in. It was really disappointing. But, like, it's because he's dressed as a citizen of Ferrix. So acting like he's going to kill her is the easiest way to get out of there safely. Okay, that's fair, actually. He's not just like, you're coming with me, you know, like, yeah, yeah no. It it was from a place of tactic, tactical str- strategy, like he did 
strategically do the right thing there, which uh, was annoying as fuck. But um, we uh, watched we watched Bix and Cass make their way, explosions bursting behind them, walking away. We watched the bell ringer kick a stormtrooper off the tower, which was some of my favorite imagery ever. I knew that man had hands. I just knew it. Man, I wanted his head to get smashed in I did between too. the hammers so bad. I, I thought see... for sure. I thought for sure. Like you remember the armorer in yes. the Mandalorian finale, like slamming with her tools and like oh shattering uh, stormtrooper armor. I thought for sure we were gonna get that. Look at the imagery there, dude. If the an- that's the anvil, dude. That's the anvil. Beskar, man. Beskar. But, uh, I'm telling you, that's the anvil. That's it's, a it's lot actually, of Beskar. That's a lot of fucking Beskar. It'd be, so it'd be worth a lot. It'd be worth a lot. so many suits, dude. It would be, know. it would be plenty. I don't know. It would be plenty. But, uh, uh, it's here that Narc goes ahead and takes Deidre on into a room and they have this odd moment where Deidre's ready to kill this motherfucker and then she's like, wait a fucking minute. You, how is it you? How are you here? Um, I am so fucking glad they didn't kiss here. Oh, and I'm also reminded this, uh, there was a kiss in this show. It was Bix and Tim. In the second episode, they like, they like allude to them fucking. They get, they like get in there and get real hot and heavy. And then, uh, and then they like wake up the next morning and he'd been sitting there all night. You remember that? Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. There worked there have Tim. been kisses. Fucking Tim got the kissies. But I'd prefer Bix and Tim getting kissy over Cassian on Nasini or uh, Niamos? Niamos. I don't think he kissed that I don't think we saw him kiss that woman on screen. I guess heavily implied heavily implied that they sexed. They did sex. Um they yeah. Um, so probably heavily implied. Yeah. I guess, I don't know, maybe he's not a kissing kind of guy. Who knows? We don't know what Cassian's like. Um, <laughs> nah, Cassian's, know. Cassian's a giver. He's, he's kissing. Okay, he's fair kissing. enough. Uh, fair but, enough. uh. He fights for the rebellion. He, yeah. Man eats enough. puss, but, uh. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh. Yeah, yeah. Deidre in this scene is, like, shaking from the trauma she just endured and Cyril can't look like he's like looking at her lips like uh, yeah like we're gonna kiss right now aren't we um and she's like uh, I I guess I should say thank you uh and he's like you don't have to um I'm, I'm like there's you don't have to they're just doing too much tension here for it to not be a thing uh, the lingering the lingering on them face to face here like that's ah, so disappointing i hate that. that it made me want to vomit that is like that's han's gun han's gun is a standard issue weapon just with a scope mounted on the side actually it mm. that dude that's like the only reason i know that is because i just i print i printed, printed it, it twice twice yeah. now so i i just know this thing um and like that's the exact muzzle the well han just doesn't have the scope on the side han did desert from the imperial army well then there you go i guess he just kind of was a he just put a scope on the side even though he doesn't use the scope 
whatsoever. He still just points it like a normal pistol. Um, oh, and, he, and he has terrible form. He's got some of the worst shooting form I've ever seen in my life. The way he sticks his ass out and like squats when he shoots, like it's outstanding though. I love it. I love and, the imagery. Every and time. sometimes just, just kind of fires in the complete opposite direction. Uh, fuck it because he's force sensitive. It's true. The force oh. is with him. The force oh. is with him. It follows him, but I'm getting a good look at Luthen here, and yeah, you're right. His hair is blonde. I know. I, there's, a, there's a relatively good chance that these are reshoots. Uh, some of this, um, and that's why he's more tan. Was it blonde before? I'm just like, I don't know why. I just don't. Think it's been it's blonde, blonde, but it hasn't been that bleach blonde. Like it's, uh, it's different, but. Uh, after we see him there, Cinta and Vel are clearing out Cinta's place. Closet empty. You want me to bring this? Yep, everything goes. Uh, oh shit, you're bleeding. Vel says to Cinta, "I'm fine. It's nothing. In fact, it's not even mine." And I'm, mm. I'm having trouble gauging uh, Vel's perspective of Cinta, like evolving a little bit. Like I. You mean like Vel being okay with it or she doesn't like she, she I know she's okay I, with it because it's I, in the I name of the I, rebellion. I kinda see it going like the other way. Yeah, like, like I feel she's, like she's, she's like, getting fed up with it. She's like I don't know. Like, like I don't I I almost feel like she doesn't like the person she's becoming. And she's I like I, Yeah, she's like, really? Like we can't even show any affection at all, you know? Like she's like, This is a little ridiculous. Like we can do both. You know, I think mm. it's like her is at least yeah, there's, there's a middle ground. There's a middle ground. That's the thing is that like, I think Cinta is very, very uh, tunnel visioned, very singular focus. She's like, I got an idea. This is what we're going to do. And Vel's like, yeah. And I fully agree. We should do that. But goddamn, wouldn't hurt you to hug me. Yeah. <laughs> Take a breath, you know? Yeah, like, for real. Um, I, th- I don't know. That's because. Because Vel was really standing there just like, you know, just very, like, I don't know how to explain, like, limp, you know, I guess mm. is the best way to explain. Just kind of, like, fed up, yeah. you know, just very, like, tired looking. Um, right, right. So, I, I don't know. I think, I don't think it's, like, they're splitting up. I don't think it's like no, no, that, no, 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 no. Not even that. But like, not that they're going to see some rocky relationship stuff yeah. before it gets better. I think. I think for sure. Mm-hmm. But uh, next up, we're in the the shipyard of Peglas, and they're trying to get the ship off the ground. Brasso, Jezzy, want more Jezzy? Need more Jezzy? I like Jezzy. She's cool. I fucks with this woman. Uh, she seems like a badass. But this is where I again am like, Pegla is fucking real. Um. When there is someone approaching, the dogs bark, Brasso climbs up into the ship, Jezzy's got the gun, Pegla just walks right out there. Mm. Nothing in hand. It's just like, I'm ready wow. to face whoever is here. You know, like, I'm like, that's that's my fucking man right there. I love me some Pegla. He does. He's looking and he just goes. And wow. then it's B, the first one. As soon as he sees him, Cassian. Oh, dude, that no. and it's it's this it's that shit that makes me go. That's my favorite droid. It just it just is like you know it. it him being able to talk 
Oh, it's that like that's if, if, so he was, if he was just another astromech that was like, blah, 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 like right. he'd still be awesome. He'd be cute, but there's just an emotional resonance that comes from him being able to speak. And then on top of that, him stuttering when he speaks just makes it all the cuter. And, uh, I love just I again I love that the whole time Cassian's mission was get Bix safe. Mm. Get oh. get her out of here, get her safe. And uh he immediately hands her off to Brasso. The way Bix is like, Brasso, like, oh thank fucking God. I'm seeing people I like. <laughs> uh. Man, this is all just so sad. Like, and I love, I love the crew that makes it out though. Brasso, hmm. Bix, Jesse, and Wilman. That's a crew. That's a crew right there. Find the Cassian. Better find them and stick with them, and get them to join the fucking rebellion. That's and my thing, so man. Brasso, Brasso seems like, like fought in the Battle of Endor type shit. You know what I'm saying? Like. That's that's the vibes Brasso's given me is that he's gonna he make it the fuck out in the of the Battle of Ferrix, dude. Yeah. So he's he's soldier number one, kinda. Was the first one to kick an Imperial in the in the Rick's Road riot. That's kinda huge. He is the first soldier. Mm. Mm. I because, mean, it's well, in Aldani, maybe Aldani had a pretty massive things going on, but Besides Aldani, he's the first. Yeah, on Ferrix, for sure. But uh, Cassian instructs Jezzy here on what to go. Straight home, full pump, hand throttle, no comms. You get over the water, and then you fucking climb. Stay fucking low until then. All in, you understand? And uh, it's here that uh, B is like, you're not coming? Well, again, he has to say that. Not today, B. I never got to see you. I, <laughs> bro, dude, I, man. I, you're right. Like, okay, you're right, dude. I was just like, no, bro, because this is this kid is like, and that's I keep referring to him as a kid. He's not a kid. This is a fucking. This is a droid who's like several years old. He's basically a fucking puppy dog. If if if, yeah. it, if it could if it could talk, yeah. if it could talk, he's a puppy. It's like um, the dog and up with yeah. the collar that could make him talk. I, I n- n- never got to see you like. And the the idea that that's coming from since Marva died, you know, like I I I never got to see you. You're telling me you're fucking leaving? Like what? What do you mean? And uh, I I love I, and again, just the way they treat him like a person. You take care of Bix until I get there. I'm counting on you. You always say that, and you always come through. Like God. Mm. I fucking love them. Get them like Cassian fucking leading. Get them out of here. Bix being like he'll find us. Cassian will find us. And you know what? Fuck the prediction I made earlier about them not finding each other. Man, they to, have man. to find each other. If there's they no don't, way they I'm don't cry. If they yeah, don't, I I'm gonna have a rough time. There's no way they don't. They have to. And the way she's like looking at him, I can't tell if this is like a distant from reality thing, where she goes like, he will find us. Cassian will find us and she's like looking at Cassian talking to Cassian um, and then mm. Brasso looks to everyone in the room and is like I will I'll find you like I, I will and like I, you know what I'm taking that as bond that's a promise yeah no they have to find each other they will they will I'll find you 
Yeah, he's I, like this. This whole crew's gonna end up in the rebellion. You got you got me fucked up if they're not. Every you know, single not- one of them. One is probably now the leader of the daughter daughters of Ferrix. Mm-hmm. Uh, B is obviously the the best rebellion droid that we got now. Rosso, my god. And then this this parallel to the end of like episode one or two where he's leaving the shipyard, it's like the same spot, him running away, but you know, in that in that at the end of episode two he was going to meet with Luthen. Now he's running to go see Luthen again, but this time because he's joining up, it's time. Mm. You know, like oh, I love it. And we finally briefly go back to Coruscant or I don't know, maybe they're back on Chandrilla, who knows at this point, but uh mm. no, of course not. The window is letting me know. But uh Yeah, we're coming face to face with who is soon to be Light is betrothed, uh Davos Skuldoon's kid and Miss Frankenstein. Well how they were just like, Yep, it's happening. Like And and a very of- important little little thing that I think is an interesting choice. That kind of shows that maybe Lyda doesn't hate her mom quite as much as she lets on. Is uh, as soon as the door opens, she does not look at Perrin. She look she looks back at Mon and is like, like kind of looks to her for like a little bit of approval, which I think really? is like maybe not approval. Maybe I'm reading it wrong, but like she looks straight to Mon when she sees him. Yeah, you're right. Oh, okay. And I, I don't. I don't know if that's necessarily like a. I think it's like she's, no matter how much she lets on, she's her fucking mom. You know, like it's. Mm. Then we got drunk, drunk bootlicker over here who's just in the streets <laughs> of Ferrix, all sorts of figgity fucked up. And then Luther out Mayfield. of alcohol too, like just ran out, and he's just like. Fuck, man. Like, literally, it's like the, oh, like, I love that. Like, they didn't need to do that. It was just. No, fuck no. But it was, it was such a fucking perfect choice. And then Luthen makes it back to the Fondor, and when he uh, gives it instructions, and there's no response, he heads to the front. Cassian emerges behind him, and he asks, you came here to kill me, didn't you? And Luthen's, Luthen's <laughs> like, yeah, man, you don't, you don't make that shit easy, though. Um, and he said, you know what? I will. Mm. Luthen picks up his gun, asks, what game is this? He goes, no game. Kill me or take me in. And I tell you, man, the chills I got when Luthen looked down at that gun and then fucking smiled at him. Like I was like, oh, baby. Oh, baby. Like, that's just such a perfect, perfect way to end the season, dude. It was, it was immaculate. And the fact that we end it on Cassian, who the look he has on his face is interesting. The way Diego Luna plays it. Yeah. It's like a combination. It's, it's a combination of like, uh, resolve, relief. And maybe that's it. Maybe it's just resolve and relief. Like he's like, I know what I need to do now. Thank God you didn't just fucking kill me. You know? <laughs> I don't know because like it was weird. Whenever he said kill me at first, he took a long pause and it was and he like 
is tearing up. Like, I don't know. It was like. Oh, and that's another like, thing that made me know? just go. Diego Luna is so easily the best performance of yeah. this entire show and this episode. Yeah. Is that that man, the way that he can emote with his eyes is fucking oh. crazy. I feel everything he feels when he's acting. He's. They gave all. Oh, they gave the perfect like shot for if someone wants to replicate uh, Cassian's gun. Like Luthen literally just shows one side rotates it shows the other side in perfect right. detail like oh that's like beautiful for like oh i don't know it's just so they I they do a lot like a lot that of gun. that like yeah they do like all the cool weapons that luthan has they will do like a i, I can't they remember hold it in a way where it shows most of it like mm-hmm. all the time which is just really cool i don't I know like I wanted to comment on the fact that I do fucking love Cassian's blaster. There, I can't remember if it was earlier this episode or an episode I was watching last night. There's a shot where he points a gun and is ready to shoot it and points his gun and is ready to shoot it and his fucking barrel like rotates. Yeah, I don't know what the purpose of that is, but it's sick. Yo, fucking um, awesome. I saw it. I, I saw it for the first time. When, and I can't remember. I can't remember what episode it was because I watched like the back half of this show last night in anticipation hmm. of the finale. I watched like seven through twelve last night. And uh, I, I just remember seeing it for the first time, and being like, "Oh, that was fucking awesome." I wonder if it's like a just a fast reload, you right. know? Like, like it's just, just you got one needs to cool down, so you just put the other one in while it cools down. Pop, 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 pop. Switch it out. Pop, 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 pop. I mean, that, I don't know. It's he that gun is sick. Maybe. So fucking cool. But speaking of weapons and their mechanisms. Mm. Mm. This uh, this episode has a post credit scene, oh, 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 and it, it was exactly exactly the scene I told you we would get if if we saw what they do with it. Uh-huh. Um, they didn't they didn't show the whole transportation at getting there, but you see the droids working on the little parts that they were building on Narkina Five. We see them implementing them, placing them. Then we zoom out, and the fact that it's not just part of the Death Star. But it is literally the weapon mechanism, the mm-hmm. laser that they are building. And they made it known that it's the it, it is the it is the last part, the final piece separate from mm-hmm. the rest of it. It is the only way. It is only the weapon. Like oh god, and the way the shot so perfectly is that above Narkina Five. Or like, Ooh, good is question. That, like, I don't what know was what that planet about. down there? It it looked kind of watery. Um, Maybe it's Scarif. No. Why can't I rewind? That's the thing, too. What's interesting is that, like, uh, according to, like, uh, Catalyst, a a Rogue One novel, about them building it, it was built above Geonosis. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, Like, this looks like it is the final. This is, it is complete. Yeah, like, like it can it can probably I traverse mean, anywhere it wants. Oh, you know what? Maybe they are right above Narkina 5 just so they can fly those parts right up. Yeah, because, I mean, it's done. Like, it's done. Yeah. It is operational. Or, like, it is about to... It, they're about to test, you know? Here in about five they're years. About, yeah. They're about to unveil soon. Like, it's... It's time for it to start moving around the galaxy. And the way, and the way that, well, and I think it's it can already move. Yeah, oh. I just can't shoot, dude. Um, 
That's how they did it. They just kept moving it from location to location, flying the parts directly up, and just flying the construction site to the factory instead of bringing the factory materials to the construction site. It's smart. It's smart. You know, you got to give them props. At I mean, like, not the Empire. I'm not saying that. But, like, the story, the like, the people that, like, are, they got to come up with that, like, to write the story of it. That's right, like, yeah. That's impressive. No, it's, that's it just, is it's, it is impressive. And if the we fact were to ever shot, do it, you know. That shot of the Death Star perfectly mirroring the opening credits of the moon turning into the Rebel Sigil. Like, uh. Opening and closing, dude. It's like this show. It's perfect. I, 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 so what we're gonna do, let's play some favorites. Let's start with favorites of, of the episode, episode of okay. the episode, and then of the season. Favorite character, favorite performance, favorite scene, favorite line. Uh, so favorite, let's start with favorite character. For me this week, I'm going Brasso. He, yeah absolutely obliterated this this weekend you know i like to i like to spread the love around i hadn't given brasso the nod yet uh it's only fitting you know if 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 we're being real it's probably cassian the journey he sees over the course of this episode is fucking fantastic but i like spreading the love a little bit and uh cassian's gonna get some love here in a second um Mm -hmm. like a lot of it uh but yeah, man, Brasso was just such a such a great fucking character this week. I absolutely loved him. So I, I went with him for my favorite character. What about you? I'm trying to decide if I want to go. Character and performance is going to be the combination of Cassian and Marva. Um, but I don't know which one I want where. Because both performances were really good, like Marva's speech would obviously be like what would be getting her the nod and then cassian's just like really emotional like uh, whenever he's whenever he's like talking to brasso for the first time oh, in, in like uh um, that scene you know, is fucking brilliant i think i think that i think that has to be it i think diego luna has to get the performance nod and then marva has to get the character nod i'm with you i'm um, with you now i i also am giving diego luna the performance nod for this episode so yeah i i it really can't go to to anyone else and the scene is just i i feel kind it's, of given yeah it's um, too obviously rick's it's too obviously the rick's yeah. road riot and um, um i the quote i was ha- kind of having trouble going back and forth on um but i do think i'm going to settle on nimic's um uh, part of nimic's manifesto um mm. i mean i don't know if it's fair to quote the whole thing and do the whole monologue um but you know the the part of it the parts of it that i really liked um were like alone unsure dwarfed by the scale of the enemy um freedom is a pure idea um yeah it occurs spontaneously and without instruction random acts of insurrection are occurring constantly throughout the galaxy like there are whole armies battalions that have no idea that they've already enlisted in the cause Remember and just tell me they're here. just it's oh it's just God. not it's prophesizing the the shit that's about to happen. Like it's too it's too fucking good. I think um, I'll I'll go, I'll go with like that. I, I I think I'll just go with like kind of the whole thing. I think that's kind of because mm-hmm. it is one continuous quote. 
I guess, yeah. technically. Yeah, I'll give but it to I'll, you. I'll sum it up in I, the the one single thing, is, break the siege, remember this, try. Because uh, it, it is really cool to have try. the opposite. Um, so. Do or do not, there is no try. Well, fuck that, said Nemec. Remember this, try. Yoda, what do you know, you know? <laughs> Yeah, what do you know, you know? But uh, my line, it's it's like three lines. So, you know, we're breaking the rules a little bit here today. But uh, I'm going with he knows all he needs to know and feels all he mm. needs to feel. When those two things come together, he will be an unstoppable force for good. And I love him more and tell him I love him more than anything he could do wrong. That's, uh, yeah, and it's Marva through Brasso, dude, like, oh, man, that's. Like, that might be, that might be my favorite line of the show. That's, I don't know, I, I, I think I already decided mine overall of the show, and it's, it's Kino Loy and Cassian. Oh. Um, I'd rather die trying to take them down rather than die giving them what they want. It kind of sums up everything. Nimic's whole point of view, sort of. Well, I guess no, not really. It's not like Nimic wasn't assumed dead. Um, so not really there. But um, I don't know. It was just, I love that part of the episode. And that, like, the line delivery, like, was was everything. Um, mm. So that's that would be why. But I think, I don't know. I think I do have to stick with that for my line for overall. Um, and that's damn tempting. It is. And you know what? I I, I like spreading the love. Mm-hmm. Um, so since you went with that, I'm going to stick with the Marva quote uh, from, by way of Brasso. Uh, just mm-hmm. in this last episode, it's emotionally it's emotionally gripping. It kind of it gives us a nice insight into how Cassian treats Jin later on, I think, um, in Rogue One. Like whenever he looks at, he looks at her on the beach and is like, "Your dad would be proud of you." You know, like it's it's just because he knows he knows even beyond the grave, his mom was proud of him, and he admires Jin in a way that he doesn't admire himself. I don't think at that point. So like it's like it's just it's just a really great, just a fucking fantastic mm. show, man. Just yeah, I think. I think it's it's like without a doubt, like it's impossible to give the character and performance to anyone other than Cassian and Diego Luna. Yeah, um, that's it's just overall. so incredibly easy. No, because here's the thing: I remember when we did that top 100 Star Wars characters. I can't remember where Cassian was on mine, but it was like 50 something or like 40 something. This man jumped to top 10, yeah. like. And this is season one, which is I feel like a fourth. Like this is like. Or like, like a fifth. Even this is this is Act One, buddy. Of, you know what I, I'm saying? I feel like it's Act One of like four. Like is what I'm like. I don't know. It feels like, or like maybe you know. It's just the pace is going to. The pace is going to. Str- I I thought about this because the story, like this story, season one, I think is the most compelling singular story you can tell about Cassian. I think season two expands a lot more beyond Cassian. Um, it's confirmed to have a season two. Yes, it's a guarantee, and it's it's Interesting. confirmed to be it. 
Oh, and that's in done. Yeah, like they are going to cover the next four years after this in okay. season two. Okay. Wow. That's they have to pick up the pace then. Mm-hmm. It's the same amount of episodes. Is that confirmed? Yep. Or? Twelve. Twelve wow. episodes. Then. Three episodes or, a year. Well, I guess how how much time has passed so far? Probably not quite a year, but given that he's joining up the rebellion, I think we'll probably take a little jump. Has it really been seasons? not quite a year from the very beginning? He was on Narkina Five for what a couple months. I don't know. Yeah, that's a good question. He was on Arkina 5 a couple months. It was a month later, another month later. I think it was definitely two. I think we at least at least covered half a year. That's at minimum. Okay. Yeah, actually, so yeah, they have a lot of time to cover. And maybe he does get captured for a while. I don't know. Maybe, like, that is a thing. Like, um... You know that one prison where, like, all the super bounty hunters and, like, Cad Bane broke someone out of in, like, Clone Wars? Yeah. Um, What if, like, Cassian gets in there and, like, I don't know, he breaks out somehow. I, like, it's impossible to break out from there, but he just he just finds he a does. way. He like, doesn't. He's that guy. I re- dude, like, I really hope, like, Kino Loy gets some – like, because that's the thing. Like, Marva, like, was off screen and, like, we – it didn't sit right, you know, and we're like, we need – like, I don't know. It didn't sit right with me and then, like – this was very good. I I love what we got. I don't know. Do they really just... That's it with Kino Loy? On swim. Was it just like a cameo, you know? And just like, hey, it's Andy well, it Starkins, wasn't, you know? It like, wasn't it a doesn't cameo. have to. Like, like I don't it know. It wasn't man. a cameo. It was a, it was a compelling three-episode character arc. Like... The shit they managed to do with him over the course of three episodes is nuts. Like, the fact that you feel like we need more of him is crazy because in that first episode, like, and don't get me wrong, I'm with you. I need, I, I want more Andy Circus in my Star Wars. I want more Andy Circus mm-hmm. in my everything. But, uh, that first episode, he is a, he's institutionalized. He is, he's fighting for, yeah. for the rebellion, basically, at that point. Um, or for for the Empire, basically, at that point. And then the second episode, he's like, oh, okay, so some shit's, some shit's going awry. And the third episode, he's like, fuck yeah, let's get the fuck out of here. Like, it was just so, it was so concise, so complete in and of itself that if they never touched it again, I'd be perfectly okay. Mm. But obviously, I would, I would like more Kino Loy. I, I would love more Kino Loy. Um, just like, I have my headcanon ending, which is fine and dandy. And great, but like, I'd honestly like in head canon, he's living and he's actually the inspiration of Snoke. And like, Palpatine, listen to this recording. That's my head canon perfect ending is, is that Kino Loy was so goddamn inspirational that even Palpatine was like, God damn, I need some of that DNA in Snoke. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm gathering all this DNA for Snoke to make him Uber, whatever. So I need, uh, damn, Kino Loy, get it, get in my batch. That's, That's my ultimate headcanon. I'm not gonna lie, you've, you've, uh, you know, like, you had the, back when we were watching WandaVision, you had Hayward was Ultron. Which, hey, 
Still not. A, I'm kidding. Um, I was no, here's the thing. I like that theory more than I like Kino being Snoke. Or like having the, anything anything to do with him. Like you mean the DNA? Like yeah. No, I, think, I think it makes sense why people, why you and a lot of people have jumped to that conclusion or a or a headcanon of sorts. Like it does make sense. They're played by the same guy. Um it'd be hilarious. Like it, it this voice got people to rally and do fucking nuts shit. And it was kind of a little altered. It what it was like the altered Andy Circus voice. Kind of like Snoke when he was speaking as like the voice of God. That's that why the fuck did they credit it as the voice of God? If that's not Palpatine speaking through, dude, I don't know. I think there's actually more credit to this than I let on. It's my um, least favorite Star Wars theory. I'm honored. I'm honored to have come up with the least favorite Star Wars. <laughs> just because theory. it would feel so fucking wrong. Like, I. <laughs> Ma- the, no, like, it, okay, imagine it happens in a Lego Star Wars movie where that that um, i could absolutely like palpatine's like just in his like whatever with headphones on like listening to everything across the universe and then he's like oh and he oh. hears kino and he's like i like that and then i don't know does something with that you know or get something. me his dna i like his dna um maybe not no, yeah i could i could see yeah. shit like that but uh no here's and tony gilroy and uh andy circus have been incredibly glib about the fate of kino loy in interviews They've been like, well, he didn't, you didn't see him die, did you? You know, they, they've they've done that thing, you know. Okay. So like, uh, okay, okay. Uh, so there's there is a chance he's back at some point. So we'll we'll see, we'll see. But uh, let's give this episode and then the season overall a rating. Oh, um, oh man. Well, I already put in some numbers for this episode. I just wondered if you agree with them. Um, let's see. Let me uh, let me get it. I already put in some numbers. Um, I just didn't know if you, <laughs> you agreed with it or not because I so I, see, I see you've granted this episode tens across the board for uh, critical enjoy critical enjoyment and genre, uh, and I can't confidently tell you different. Um, because the only episode that I could even compare this one to was One Way Out, The Prison Break. It was like it got me riled up in the same way. It got me crying the same way. You know, it's well, like, that's 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 what's wild. One One Way Out did make me cry, and it did fuck me up. And that is tens across the board. But it is not the same way mm. for for me. You know, like uh. It uh this one just because it was the completion of the season's arc, there was there was so much yeah. more that went into this. There was uh the fact that it was Marva's funeral and it was Brasso and Bix who we started the show with and like like there was just something special about it, man. And like don't yeah, get me wrong, that's... like one way out is tens across the board. I'm just saying like if I could, I'd give this ten five. You know, like that's, know. that's that's what I I'm know. saying. Like, that's true. No, I I think there is some there's some credence to that. It's these are, I think, both perfect episodes of television on their own rights, but there is a better perfect um, in this case. There's it a better is, perfect, in, yeah. in this case, this one, like, I don't know. I um, Well, and there, that, not to mention the fact that we don't do intervals that aren't 0.25. True. And, you know, we gave, like, uh, the other um, 
like the eye, the other kind of arc ending episode, um, a nine seven five critically, and then the rest were ten. So like it was all like literally. Gosh, and it's crazy. That episode was so fucking good at the time, but it's it's nothing compared to what One Way Out and Rick's Road are. Like, and we came out of that arc going, they have to do some crazy shit to get better than that. (laughs) You're right. We said after Reckoning, even after Reckoning, we were like, oh my god. They, the arc, this arc ending episode, they're going to have to do something even crazier. And then the eye were like, oh, fuck. Okay. Well, how the no hell are they going to top? How are they going to top that? And then they did it twice. And then they did it twice. Like, I'm, <laughs> I, that, that's why I'm so certain this is my favorite and the best. Like, not just Star Wars. Not just no. Star Wars. This is the best, the best. This is the best series of the year, without a doubt. Thousand percent. Critically, it, everything, everything. No matter if you're a Star Wars fan or not. It that was what I, I, I've been telling my parents the last couple of days, or I mean, shit, yesterday and then today. Um, I know I've told you this before about Star Wars stuff. I know I've told you you have to watch a Star Wars thing because it's you don't need anything else to watch it. I'm telling you, you need to watch this because it's it's good. I told I told them I'm certain. I've never told them this. It's the best Star Wars thing ever. And they were like, "That is certain." There's no fucking doubt. Like that's what's that's what's nuts is I've never. I've never felt inclined to say that. I've never watched anything and thought to myself, wow, this could really be better than the original trilogy. And you know what? When I watch this, it's not fucking close. This is far and away the best Star Wars thing. Like, it's, yeah. it's, and like, I, I don't wanna, I, I don't say that to be like, everything else sucks. I fucking love all of it. You know, I love for all of Star Wars. For different reasons. It's like, the original trilogy, the reason we love it is like how hard it was to make and how crazy it was at the time. It's and groundbreaking. And it's like, nostalgic yeah, and it's and it's, and it's crazy it hero great. story. It is yeah. it is great. You know, it is fuck it is fucking wonderful to watch and it's it's it incredibly fun. I can't connect right. with a force wielder, I can't connect with a Death Star, I can't connect with you know, like I I Well can... that's what's that's what's crazy is that like they they but they I don't, do I don't want to yeah. discredit anything yeah, like yeah. that because it did. I can connect with that. Mm. That showed me that I could mm. like True. that's that's why it's a marvel that this show did what it did, because all the best Star Wars shit ever has moved me to tears, has mm. made me go, wow, this is the most universal and relatable and lovable franchise there's ever been. And then this came along and just I'm there's and here's the thing I'm not going to get my hopes up there's just no fucking way season two is as good as season one there's not a chance in hell you know like I just I just said about all of this the arc ending you know yeah right like that's my thing though is that like if they I don't want to be too confident yeah I don't want to I don't want to be too confident Well, because here's the thing they'd have to like for it to like not 
be the greatest Star Wars thing ever. They'd have to fumble the fucking bag. If they just like, if they even just do good, it's the greatest Star Wars thing ever in, in season two. You know what I'm saying? Like if they're, if it's just like, yeah, that was solid. It's, it's the greatest Star Wars thing ever. It has to be bad for it to go down, downhill, you know? Because we're going to be getting Luthan full blown, Cassian full blown. We're folding in Organa. Like, oh my god, Mon is going full blown now. Um, every everyone's ready. Um, it's rebellion time, baby. God damn, what a fucking show! So, and, so how does the Death Star really lay dormant for four, five, like four? How? It takes just takes a while to build, man. No, but like the it, but in that post credit scene, it was. That was, that's not four years left. That's like weeks left. You think Maybe. so? I, I don't. I, I don't know. know. I do. My thing is that like they have to slot in the weapon, and it's just they're building like the last dish of it. Like I don't know. I, don't, I think dude, I think there's done. more. I think there's more than meets the eye there. Like uh, I think I think it's going to take them a little bit longer. I think the other thing but, is I that mean, look at everything. But the weapon, like it's full, like well, everything just, else is. You, you also got to think about how they managed to power the weapon. That was the biggest problem with the Death Star was figuring out how to ionize Kyber crystals to the point where they can do that. Um, but they're already traveling with it, though, probably. And if they're traveling with it, then it's already and it's it's lit. The city, it's being like it is like a city. It's a planet. It's a, it's you know it's a whole civilization. The Kyber doesn't the Kyber doesn't power the Death Star. It powers the weapon. Oh, it is just the weapon. It doesn't power the so, station. So there's okay. That's right. So that's what the testing was for, not to test. No, they, they know they would be able to blow up. The Death Star could probably they will probably be able to fly the Death Star around very soon. They will not be able to blow shit up for a while. Okay. So like do how do people How do people not do they, where do they keep How do people not know of it if it's been around like this built for 4 years? There's there's my next prediction for season 2. At the beginning of Rogue One, which we are about to talk about, if you're still down for that, I know it's getting real yeah. fucking late. But uh, yeah, I, I kind of need to watch it. Oh, I'm I'm fucking hyped now. It's two a.m. and I'm not even fucking close to tired. Um, but <laughs> like, I think what happens at the beginning of Rogue One is that Cassian learns from Homie that the Empire has a planet killer. What I think is that that is just assuring suspicions the rebellion already had i think the rebellion will i think that's what season two will be a lot about is trying to find it because saw trying... Rivera had like an obsession with it didn't he mm. and like it he was very early on in it like whenever saw, they were saw finding like the... saw had an obsession with it because he raised Jyn Erso, and because he knew galen was working with kyber crystals to try and figure out how to weaponize them. Yes, but then on Geon like Geonosis, under like in the the like 
insect whatever yeah right 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 whatever like um like though they knew of the the Death Star, and like, I don't know, I felt like there was a Saw Gerrera connection there for some reason. Like, um... Yeah, Saw was there, that was in Rebels. Saw was there when they when they found that, that extra little fucking guy. Uh, the zo- I guess it was zombie. just a circle with the dot. They didn't know that it was the Death Star. Yeah, they didn't know it was the Death Star. So that's what that's what it was. We knew it was the Death Star, but they did not. Yeah. So maybe that's what my hang-up was. Okay. But, nevertheless... Let's rate this season. Ooh, okay. Now, if we're claiming it is the best Star Wars, uh, without a doubt, and I'm kind of claiming that, without a doubt, it's the best uh, season of television this year. Here's my thing. It is a 10 out of 10 in two categories guaranteed. That is enjoyment and genre. There's no doubt. Those are 10 out of 10s. I guess overall, critically, over the entire season, is it a 10? Maybe that is a little ridiculous critically. I think think 9.75 or 9.5 even would be Okay, let's think about this a little more, I think. Critically, for the whole season, though. Like, that's a little... That's a lot, though. Like, what did they mess up on for the whole season? Because that's the thing is that like this is such an an interesting dynamic for a show to have three episode arcs and then to have one that's like split two and like you get these season finale like episodes multiple times in one season, um, which I think is just what makes Clone Wars so good um, Mm. is that they're quick and you get like it's basically just one hour long episode you know right each arc and and that's what this one is but you know a a movie kind of like a a mega movie for each arc um Mm. and it just i don't know it works so well um and i i don't know i i just didn't want to jump the gun and be like yeah nine five um no because here's my thing as as a story that they told, like, I think this is the strongest example of storytelling it, it guaranteed on the television side of things for Star Wars. Like, uh, okay. yeah, I, I, I can guarantee that visually. Again, yeah. I yeah. think we are looking at the best visual Star Wars show yeah. there's been. Um, Performance. I'd argue score the best oh. it's ever been. My God, um, yeah. The performances. Now, there's where it's like, you're never really missing with the performances in Star Wars. You know, like, uh, they they know what they're doing on that side of things. The only example of, like, a pretty meh actor, I think, is, like, Gina Carano as Cara Dune, but we don't talk about that. Um, Dude, but we got, like, iconic, like, Kino Loy, like... Uh, Let's think, like, like Andy, Andy Serkis, like, Stellan Skarsgård, Forrest Whitaker, Diego Luna, Fiona Shaw, like Genevieve O'Reilly, Adria Arjona. Like these performers were fucking electric. I uh, better win whatever award TV shows win. Um, all the Emmys, all the Emmys, Emmys that they. Oh my god, um, every single one. 
Well, and that's what's that's what's pressing me is that there are people who will dismiss it because it is Star Wars. Yeah, that's the sad thing is that this show will go under the radar, and that's going to be so sad to know that it's this good, and that it, it's going to be another like Clone Wars and Rebels. Up, I straight up can't believe it. Like every time I think about it, you remember when Mandalorian season two was coming out. And they were like, all right, guys, here's this giant fucking announcement slate for everything we've got coming up. The Mm -hmm. Book of Boba Fett, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Ahsoka. I sure as shit did not think Andor would be the best Star Wars thing of all time. You know what I'm saying? Like, not just of that slate. You know, like it's that's and what's blowing my mind right now is that I, I thought just... Obi Wan was about to be like the the creme the like the creme de la creme <laughs> the absolute goaded god tier, and then I'm like, yeah, the uh, Andor, like Cassian. That's the thing. Before this, I watched Rogue One, and Cassian was like. I was affected at the end, obviously, but like I don't know why I just leave that movie not thinking about him. It's so weird. Like I just I don't it's, for it's, some reason. The, the, you key you key in on Jin, like they, yeah. they make Jin the main character of that movie. Yeah, like that's a and there's there's no doubt about it. And but uh, now I'm gonna watch. It's gonna be a completely different watch. It's I'm gonna, like, so fucking excited to watch that right now. Um. Oh my god! Yeah, no, I'm a, I'm I, minimum, I'm minimum nine five. I think it might be nine seven five. I think it is. I I think it is because uh, it's uh, I I can't I the, if there's any tiny teensy fucking gripe with it, it's that there are too many humans, and yeah. that works to the storytelling that they were doing. You know, like so like. I, I don't I don't know. I can't I can't confidently tell you. It was just it was more revolutionary. It was more it, it just it, it invoked the spirit of Star Wars in a way in a new and interesting way. You know, in a franchise that's just seared in nostalgia. Like it is that is what the sh- everything is made for. The Mandalorian is elements of the original trilogy just put on full display. How about we give Luke Skywalker in season two, Ahsoka, all this, all this shit. The Clone Wars getting all these callbacks. The Book of Boba Fett, Boba Fett, mm. legacy character. Obi-Wan Kenobi, legacy characters. You know, these are like you are you're banking on nostalgia. And when you get a new inventive, creative direction for a television show like this gives me so much hope for what ever they want tony gilroy to do because he's signed he signed a deal with lucasfilm to do a lot more shit he will oh, not that is very good news uh that dude is... like this is <sighs> i just get, ch- better. I get chills better. <laughs> um I, I ran the the averages of each individual category um if we were just to run the numbers straight up and take those numbers as if they were you know our overall Mm. Um, the overall critical rating was basically a nine flat, um, nine point oh four. Um, when you average all of them out, um, enjoyment was a nine six five, so basically like a ninety seven percent. Um, critical 
or genre was a 9.6 and then the overall average was a 9.43 um so i mean like obviously our rating is going to be better because the individual episodes whenever you look at like the first and second episodes of each arc that are setting up the finale you know of each arc it's 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 hard for them to be 10 out of 10s, you know, um, every time. But when you look at the show in total, it totally makes sense to rank it. It it absolutely does. Uh, And making it for us a 99%, a 99.2, that does make it easily, not quite easily, but even on our five-point rating scale, it tops those shows. House of the Dragon was 967. So, House of the Dragon came in at a 97%. Westworld came in at a 98%, if you times that by two. Kenobi came in at a 98 or a 96%. That's too high, honestly, I think. I don't, well, I don't know. I don't know. I kind of, I, no, I, I I'm mean, looking back on Obi-Wan without watching it again and remembering. I, I just, I guess it didn't live up to the hype that I thought it was going to. I think uh, because the, it was I think very we, overhyped. I um, think the fact that we got this really, really puts put Kenobi to shame just because of how yeah. fucking incredible it was. But I, I fucking loved watching Obi Wan Kenobi. Yeah, little Leia the, was fucking awesome. Little Leia was awesome. I mean, Vader versus Obi Wan there at the end was epic. Rava was a fantastic character introduction. Like there. The, the elements with like Tala and Roken and like mm. the rep, the like uh, path was super fucking like the uh, Fortress Inquisitorius, you know, like there, there was a lot of really cool <laughs> shit about that show. Like it, it's a uh, Fortress Inquisitorius. Oh God, I can't believe they named it that. <laughs> fucking on Harry Potter fantastic. ass shit. Man. Fucking Professor Snape out here saying that shit. But uh, <laughs> with that, I think we conclude. The Andor After Party with the show overall coming to a 99% on our good old Penny Bloom rating. And thusly, we conclude Star Wars television coverage at large as far as singular shows are concerned. You know, we've done the Mandalorian rewatch. We've done the Bad Batch Bitches, the Sarlacc Soundwave, the Council of Kenobi, and now the Andor After Party has concluded. We are going to move on to... We are still going to cover Star Wars television. We're, we're not going to stop covering Star Wars television. We love Star Wars. Um, but it is now going to be under a larger Star Wars umbrella show. Rebellions Bloom. Let's uh, go. Let's get it. And it's starting today. If you're listening to this, I know you're fucking ready for a Rogue One rewatch. What I'm going to tell you is to go over to that Rogue One live commentary... Go ahead, cue that shit up with us, watch along as we revel in the greatness that is that film, and we uh we we view it in a whole new context after after this season of television. And I'm uh, I'm so fucking excited for that. Rebellion's bloom begins today, and uh whenever the Bad Batch comes around, it'll be under the Rebellion's Bloom umbrella, the Mandalorian season three, under that mm-hmm. umbrella, you know. All of it all of it'll be under there from now on. Yes. So uh Fitting that, that uh, Andor was the the one to end it, you know. Actually, it's like, rightful. It's it's, it's right. Um, very fitting. Yeah, I mean, we've covered we covered two seasons. Like 
we need to like the, the amount of television we've covered is crazy. Mm. Like Game Man- of Thrones, two seasons of Mandalorian. Uh, or not like, Game of Thrones, but uh yeah, House, House of the Dragon. Dragon. I mean, we're covering Game of Thrones right now too. Yeah, like fuck true. Um Mandalorian, like we, Book of Boba, Loki, WandaVision. Do we do? We did Falcon and the Winter Soldier, too. Yes, we did. We did Falcon and the Winter Soldier weekly. We did Loki weekly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Moon Knight weekly. Mm-hmm. Um, Shulky show for a little bit. For a brief oh, uh, yeah, very, very briefly. Very brief. A couple Patreons. Miss um, Marvel had a Patreon. Yes, it did. Had a halftime heat check. Um, Hawkeye got a got a coverage, but not a not a not a scene, but not a episode by episode. But nevertheless, it is the end of an era for us uh, as far as mm-hmm. coming up with new exciting show names for every single new uh, Star Wars project and stuff. And that I will miss. But uh, now it's it's time for bigger and better better things. And that bigger and better thing is Rebellion's Bloom. So I'm excited for you all to to keep up with us on our Star Wars coverage there. Um, I mean, it'll still be on this podcast. It'll be under the Penny Bloom podcast page. It'll just be, you know, the way this is titled, The End or After Party. We mostly do it just for our sake. It's more fun mm. that way. But uh, mm-hmm. um, with that, I do believe we conclude this. If you would, head to patreon.com slash Bloom, where you'll find over 50 hours of exclusive content. All that money goes back into making sure I can put this podcast on because it costs me money. And I don't make any off of it unless it's over there. I'm about to. I let that. I let that shit build up over months. About mm-hmm. to cash that out. Be nice. It'll be mm-hmm. nice. Um, oh, didn't know it worked like that. Yeah, you you can cash. You can set it up to cash out regularly, or you can let it let it build and build and build and cash out. So it'll be a nice little payday when that comes around. But uh, um, I mean, it's it. Patreon.com/slash/CoraBloom. Tons of great content over there. Tons of comic book reviews, book reviews. All sorts of shit, but uh, if you would, head to Twitter, follow at PennyBloomPod, follow on Instagram at PennyBloomPodcast, follow on Hive at PennyBloomPod, bunch of Star Wars content over there. Basically, all of Star Wars Twitter has migrated to Hive, basically what's keeping that app alive right now. Um, If you would, head to Tumblr, follow at PennyBloomPod, leave a five-star rate and review if you're fucking with me and Joe. The 52-year journey through film continues tomorrow. Um, it's going to be very, very exciting. We're covering Get Out. Get Out. So that's that's great. We're doing Rebellion's Bloom starts today. Go check that out. Listen to a live commentary of Rogue One to celebrate your Thanksgiving. Um, we continue Game of Thrones. Winter is blooming next Monday with episode five of the, sh- of the season, of season mm-hmm. one. So that's very exciting. Tons of great shit going on at Penny Bloom right now. We're, we're having a gr- grand, grand old time. Um, I was Colton Robertson. I was joined by Joseph George. Thank you very much, homie. Oh, thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure. Oh, and it is always a pleasure to have you. Remember, peace, love, and bloom. And remember this. Try. <laughs>